0: Tonight's episode of the BS Podcast and the Ringer Podcast Network, brought to you by Zone, the home of Joshua versus Ruiz.
1: Russell, did you see it? No, I was at the Rockies-Blue Jays game. Rockies are on fire. <laughs> well, you missed it. You missed it on Zone.
0: You're also missing Change Up, which uh, is where, if you like baseball, they just whip around. They're I love great baseball. hosts. It's on every night of the week, available on nearly any device. Getting set up with DAZN is easy. Download the DAZN app in the Apple or Android app store. Sign up by creating an account. Start watching across any of your devices. You better get it soon because Ruiz versus Joshua too. That's happening. Go to DAZN.com to sign up. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network and the Ringer.com, the world's greatest website. We uh, debuted one new podcast this week. It is called Ringer Dish Celebrity Culture. My daughter is actually on Thursday's podcast for realsy she's gonna have a monthly look at teen culture so yeah putting are her you to work. her i'm paying her a million dollars a podcast that's good it's great actually Jeez. what's whatever the whatever the best tax thing i can do that's what she's getting paid so what, how high can i go
1: i don't know i hope it's high i want right, you know rising tides all right. for all of us yeah, content she guys. should
0: negotiate with me so you got that on ringer dish celebrity celebrity culture left and right and we also have uh the press box which is now twice a week um, I was on a radio video show Channel 33 Did you steal that from us The morning press box On The Zone did, No it didn't <laughs> stay, I mean the Boston The Zone No we did yeah, not We yeah. did not steal that one So subscribe to both of those Check those out Coming up you Priscilla sure? and I Are going to talk about A wacky game three Of the NBA finals And then catch up On all the basketball stuff We've been going nuts about First our friends From Pro Jam All right,
1: let's just talk about the Warriors for an hour and not talk about the Raptors at all. What a what a team, huh? So much heart. Like, I know they lost, Gritty. but they won me over. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, let's start here. I said to you before the game, I was like, no matter what happens, I want to lead with this. Steph Curry, one of the best 25 players ever, one of the 10 best playoff players ever, uh, two-time MVP, three-time champ, but has never really been in a situation where it had to be kind of all him in a big game like this since really Davidson, which Jalen put in at halftime. And I was just curious to see how he would be able to do it because you figured Toronto would try to take him out. They would throw a bunch of people at him, chip him, try to wear him down. And it was like, does he have the type of game where they're going to need like 40 plus from him tonight just to compete? And he put up 47. He was really good. It didn't matter because they got killed anyway, but I... I learned a lot about Steph
1: tonight. How about you? I don't know that this should be a surprise, though. Like, it felt like it was a lot like Curry. What he had to do tonight was much like LeBron in 2015. Yes. but it was going to be different, but it was going to be, hey, man, every shot, anything you even think like if there's a scale of one to ten, one being a bad shot, ten being a good shot, anything four or higher, take the shot. And it still didn't feel like he took that many bad shots. He had 17 in the first quarter. And then I think they did a little bit better job of him in that second quarter when he came in. And then he went on another little mini run. I still. What did you notice that they were doing to him? Um, it seemed
0: like they were throwing the big guys out from 26, 28 feet. So at least he couldn't get the clean looks. They were trying to wear him down on D, but for the most part, they were just trying to take advantage of this guy likes to make smart plays. We're going to make it so that he's going to feel like the smart play is to give the ball up, which is what he
1: started to do. I don't like how Toronto defends him. I, I, don't, I don't understand. I mean, this goes back to game one they don't help off the guys you're supposed to help off of. The way we saw it with the Clippers, the way we saw it with Houston. I mean, Portland yeah. was a mess the whole time because they just didn't play physical enough. But Toronto still stays, I think, closed out on guys. They don't need to stay closed out as much. And then when you get Curry on those curls, Lowry and Van Vliet are not quick twitch guys, okay? That's yeah. not breaking news. So they have a harder time recovering and challenging some of those shots. So even if, you know, they're, they're, they're chipping him a little bit more, I, I always feel like he's comfortable. He's more comfortable in these games so him having 47 and it being an efficient 47. Yeah. It uh, wasn't, there was never really a crazy heat check stretch. It's 17 in the first quarter, quarter. That first quarter though. He, but it wasn't he like one threes. of those, like
0: somebody would be cutting the clip on YouTube. Like some of the heat checks he's had over the years. So was no mixtape tape out of this one? No, it was steady. But I think the thing that amazed me was just the degree of difficulty of a couple of the shots he made. Like he was making like 20 foot floaters and he made that banker floater that time. And it's like, can't believe how hard some of those shots are. It didn't matter. The rest of his team didn't really show up. And then on the flip side, Toronto was just really good offensively and felt like they could get just about any shot they wanted. I so that's really the moral of this game.
1: I mean, really, we should have started with the fact that no, Toronto, I don't want to start with Toronto.
0: I, right. like, I like when they have a little chip on their shoulder. I think they
1: need it for the finals. But Toronto was insanely good on offense they made a lot so of threes we can talk about all the different injuries but i mean i thought toronto won the game three different times yeah like that siakam stretch in the second quarter where he went for eight points in three minutes it was like from 11 30 to 8 30 um minutes wise left in the second quarter and they put Jarebko on him who we can talk about your boy a little bit later yeah it was uh, tough for tough for the fan club tonight siakam goes nuts there and then you know you're still looking up and you go wait a minute you know like they're back at 10 points then danny green goes crazy and then you don't even realize it, but Kawhi, I felt like Kawhi was just like, hey, I'm going to go five feet from the hoop and just decide whatever I want to do. And he ends up with 30. He had 11 free throw attempts. I, I think that was the definition of a quiet 30. Definitely. Did but, I would have I, I guessed like 18. But at the end of the first quarter, you're going, wait a minute. They're only down four. That first quarter was a disaster for Golden State. And then Danny Green hits that three in the corner. So then they're back up seven. And then it's like, wait a minute. It's still close at the half. And then halftime was eight. And that yeah. felt like, oh, man. Yeah, like, how are they still in this thing? Because Toronto, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if I went back and watched this again in the morning, you would just laugh at how incredibly efficient. And, I, you know, we can get all, again, like the injury thing has to be brought up here for Golden State. But Toronto, it was never hard. It was never hard for them. So even when Golden State got it to six, it never felt like they were going to get any stops. We we were hanging out earlier this afternoon
0: because you were coming by to do Dual Threat, a very good ringer podcast network podcast. We had John Elway on today.
1: John Elway? No. Just kidding, but check it out. But not John Elway? <laughs> he he was brought. He came up. Okay. He, he was benching.
0: And both of us were saying we just didn't see a roadmap for the words to win the game that wasn't like a 95 to 90 kind of game where Steph had like 45 points. And a little reminiscent of what LeBron tried to do in the 2015 finals where slow it down, super ugly, limit the number of possessions. Steph takes a ton of threes, and maybe that was the roadmap. It felt in the first quarter, at least from Steph taking a ton of threes, like he was going to end up with 43s, which isn't it Goldsberry was the one? Wilds, Wilds watched it with us tonight. Okay. Uh, Goldsberry was like the offense should be Steph takes 30 for threes, and that would actually make sense. Felt like they were on the way to doing that. What confused me about how they played tonight, they tried to play with pace. And I, I would go the other way. I would have tried to make it like a slower, uglier, less possessions, try not to wear down Steph, playing too fast, and try to aim, aim for one of those 92 to 87 type games where I, like each team gets 67 field goals, something like that. I don't know why they didn't do that.
1: Okay, I think the counter to that would be this, okay. is that, letting Toronto set up defensively in the half court makes it harder for Steph to get some of these looks. Like there's nothing better than scattered defense, trying to recover everybody running around and Steph getting some clean. So you think that's the only way they thought they're going to get good shots in this game. Yeah. But I think the other part that, that helps your argument is that when I think after a make, I saw this on Twitter, <clears throat> they averaged like 1.5 points per possession.
0: Who Toronto? did the word? Oh, Toronto. Toronto. I right. mean,
1: it's just crazy efficient numbers. So if you're going to let it, let an offense do that to you, then yes, you would want less possessions if they're going to score at that kind of clip. I,
0: d- I just think LeBron showed the roadmap in 2015 that it's possible. To which is go- like, all right, we're outmanned. Incredible usage rate from one guy. Limit the number of possessions. Slow it down. Make it make it a game with no flow. Use a lot of fouls and just kind of make it so nobody has a flow. And I think that that I don't know if that would have worked better than what we saw, but. To give up 123 points.
1: Okay, That's so, a worst case. But we, can, we can How consider, is this
0: Warriors lineup going to score 124 points?
1: I didn't think they were going to be able to get to 100. No, and you, your point before this whole thing started today, like you made a good point. We're sitting in the office and you go, okay, put Steph down for what, 30, 30 plus? Okay. I, I gave know, him 40. I was where, like,
0: let's give him 40. Where are the other, 60, where are the other 60
1: coming from? Like you needed a weird Draymond game where he hits a couple threes, keeps you honest. He had two threes, but they were at the end. It was done. Like when it mattered, when this game was still on the balance... I went through it. Like at one point you had an air ball from Iggy, Draymond and Cousins. I Jesus think. Well, um,
0: we should mention Cousins who got a lot of praise after game which two. Which he deserved. Was abysmal. Terrible. In this game. Yeah. And actually looked like the, not only the worst athlete on the floor, but like the, the worst athlete in your Sunday pickup game. Like had like six terrible plays. You, you theorized being a, I don't know if people know this about you. you're a writer but you also you pick you play pickup yeah um both you theorized he was like that guy who who played really well in pickup but then made the mistake of like trying to play say, again, two again, nights two later, later like right. hey you want to run with us again yeah. i shouldn't no yeah all right i'll do it and then he's a
1: train wreck that's what it felt like like hey i should start playing a little bit more and yeah. then you go oh now i'm not sure wait really- aren't your legs sore no no i'm gonna i'm just gonna i'll see how it goes at the second quarter like midway through the second quarter curry's three of seven from three Mc- yeah, uh, Alfonso McKinney hit hit one yeah Draymond was 0 for 4 Iggy was 0 for 2 Cousins 0 for 1 Cook 0 for 1 your boy Jarebko 0 for 1 I mean we can talk about pace we can talk about strategy all these different things when Clay's not in there as an, another defender for Kawhi or to balance out the Siakam thing they basically were trying to defend Kawhi and Siakam with different combinations of of Draymond so Lowry goes on like that plan. Van Vliet has a couple buckets again. I mean, Van Vliet's turning into this guy that you're like, is this like if they lost Lowry, would they be fine with just Van Vliet? But again, like I know I don't like Lowry. Um, there's just so much that I don't like about watching him play basketball. But he hit some really good shots, even though there's some threes that he takes early in the shot clock that I don't understand. But his overall numbers are really good. And so, I mean, we could sit here and go in circles and talk about all these different things. Clay didn't play. Looney wasn't there. And for everybody that wants to go, well, it's still all these all-stars. Right now, this version of Boogie Cousins is not an all-star. Stop kidding yourself. This version of Andre Iguodala is not an all-star. Steph's their only guy. And, you know, at any point, whether it's Gasol, Kawhi, Siakam, Lowry, Danny Green shooting, like think how many different bucket makers Toronto had on the floor tonight versus what you have with with Golden State. Well, let's go
0: fantasy draft. Curry one, No
1: Clay, no Durant.
0: So you'd take, you'd take Curry over Kawhi in a series uh, right now? Like if we're playing pickup right now, Kyle's life is on the line. Kyle's in dark room dangling from from the roof and we have 15 minutes. I mean, this is really somewhere. weird because
1: everybody's like in love with Kawhi right now. You know, he's the best player in the world and we're doing that now, even though, I would face take, it. I personally would take Curry first, but. Yeah, I still think I'd take Curry first. I don't care. All
0: right, so Kawhi, two. Curry, Kawhi,
1: 1 2 in some order. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like if you, I'm not going to argue about taking Kawhi. But one. now, now who are your next picks? Based on who played tonight? Yeah. Ah, uh, Siakam. So Siakam 3 over Draymond. Yeah, so but I that? actually, because I actually like Draymond's scoring at this point is bonus. Like he's great. He does all these great things, his, right. his defensive energy, all that different stuff. But, you know, if you don't have a second guy scoring, you lose these games. He's, yeah. There,
0: it's not like, like when uh, Durant went out, it was like, oh, Clay's gonna do more. Right. We know he could do more. When Clay goes out, it's not like, oh, now Draymond's gonna score twenty eight. I don't know. Maybe Siakam. Happening.
1: Maybe Siakam over all Draymond. All right. So let's
0: let's say let's just say we'll take those four off the board. Who are the next five picks? They're probably all Raptors. Right? And maybe Iggy's one of the five, but I would say... If you took, he would be one of the five. If you took the best t- 10 players in this game, I would say the Warriors had three of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Boogie is one of the 10 best players in
1: that game today. No, but I mean, victim of anything that just happened, I mean, Boogie would be part of it the other day. But I mean, to see Boogie like this tonight is not a huge shock because of this injury that he's fought really hard for. I mean, it's it's well documented that I haven't been the biggest Boogie fan over over the years, but I don't, I don't think the things that have held him back personally as a player were the things that got in his way tonight, he just was out of it, man. I mean he couldn't he had no lift. I think that's a hard injury to come back yeah. from and then they put a lot of minutes on him in game two. Yeah, that so was I'm not knocking that was my him. concern. Yeah, I'm not knocking him for that. I but think he was supposed to be playing fifteen minutes a game. The Looney injury, look, it's not close to what Clay is, but it because Clay and because we're waiting on Durant, the looney injury is totally overlooked and how impressive he has been, how much he's improved. And if he gets switched on to a smaller perimeter player, like he's gonna give you a chance. And and we've, we've said it before. Like, I can tell right away when an announcer doesn't know what he's doing when it's a switch onto Looney and they'll say, oh, here we go. Great great mismatch for the offensive player or whoever the guard is. And you're like, nah, actually, not really. Yeah. Like, Looney, Watch stays, basketball. Looney stays in front of these guys.
0: Game two in 2015, Cleveland beat Golden State 95 to 93. And that was with an OT period. And neither team shot very well. Just a, a typically, just an ugly finals game. And then game three, Cavs won 96-91 and LeBron 34 shots and 12 free throws, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. Delvadova was 7 for 17. Yeah, Del Delivadova, remember he almost died. That was died? the real
1: reason why they won game 3. Yeah, yeah, he almost died and they had to bring him to the hospital to to resuscitate his heart. So the, the <laughs> you might want to check. No, that was Kyle. No, it was Kyle. No, um, He almost like that that was I've Kyle never seen Seriously though, what Vadova did on try to deny Steph at certain points, like the energy Delavidova played with. Yeah. If like Van Gunny just watches that, he'll be like, Showtime. <laughs> Give like, me this every day. Up bring up Delavidova. The thing for is 15. with the worst
0: tonight, they needed Delavidova. They need Quinn Cook to be Delavidova. They Jarebko, whoever. They needed the random crazy game from somebody. They just didn't get it.
1: Yeah. They needed the so, Iggy game six against Houston or they needed the Draymond game early against the Clippers or Draymond's yellow. No, I'm, I'm saying
0: like Bryant McKinney hitting six threes. Like Toronto got six threes from Danny Green tonight. Which, which seems McCain? like he's
1: going again. Six for 10. <laughs> oh, I just, uh, you said Bryant. I was like, what? No, Bryant.
0: Bryant McKinney. Oh, that's the football player. Oh, yeah. I met Alfonso McKinney. Yeah.
1: And then I said that guy was dead and he wasn't different guy.
0: I've done that now. I think two of the last three podcasts I've, my I've compared him to a,
1: a lineman who's
0: actually not dead.
1: Yep, alive, alive lineman. So Alfonso McKinney. It's the rare
0: both of us just stumbling into the nightmare.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I really pick you up though by making it worse. Yeah,
0: it's great. I yeah. wish my dad was here to complete the trifecta.
1: But uh, He'd be yeah, pitching about Kimbrel.
0: So here's the thing: we were talking at at this was like two forty five today, West Coast time. So three hours for the game. And both of us were like, we don't think the Warriors are gonna throw this game away, but at the same time, if if Clay's not healthy, to put the miles on him when he needs two more days to recover, Durant's not ready yet. You're not throwing the game away, but you just tell Curry, take a lot of threes, you play some random dudes and you kinda hope you can hang around, but you kinda go into it almost assuming you're gonna lose. And you're thinking like, all right, game four, Friday night, that'll be the game. Clay comes back for that, and we just have to win three of the last four. I guess my fear is, I I think this Toronto team is just a nice matchup uh, in Toronto's favor in this series. And it, if if the Warriors aren't healthy, I really think there's a chance this could end in five. Well, if these guys aren't coming back, they it should they should win in five. If I mean, Durant's th- not going to play game four, and if Clay's sixty percent. I don't know what we saw tonight
1: that's going to be dramatically different on Friday night. But you could also have the game from Siakam like you had after game one and we're raving about it. I'm still starting to sit here and get in my head a little bit about how quick I said Siakam over Draymond. So I think I may regret that. Well, whatever. I may regret that by the end of the pod. But, I mean, you could have the bad Siakam game. Draymond's not here. Don't worry. You could have the bad Lowry game. I mean, these these are possibilities here. And, you know, there's always this rule that I've had for years of watching this is that whoever shows up to the building, you know, obviously it's these two teams on Friday night. Like Toronto can't match the desperation or whatever Golden State's feeling. And so, you but know. But didn't based- you feel like Golden. I felt like Curry had desperation today. Uh, I just think I he actually knew. was impressed Watch. by he w- how into that game he was. I thought. Is that desperation or him just realizing like a bad shot for me is still better than.
0: I'm just talking right about on. when he was diving for loose balls and some of the stuff he was doing that he was playing like it was like a game seven when I think he could have. Held back a little bit. I don't feel like he held back at all tonight. I thought that was like the full, complete Steph Curry tonight.
1: Yeah, the stuff at the end died like He looked everywhere. exhausted at the end of the game. But, but let's get back to your original point because yeah. you and I were talking and we both had talked to people going into this game yeah. where it's like, what are you hearing? I'm like, well, this is what I'm hearing. We both were like. We heard Clay was. Yeah, like on. Clay's out. He's not playing. And the theory I had been given from a league source was that it was like basically. It's not throwing away a game, but with the injury that Clay has, and anybody that's played softball knows this. You know, you run, you burn it out in first, that first hit of the season, and you blow out the hammy because you're not loose, that can linger. But that kind of injury, I'm I'm laughing at myself. I hope people realize we go softball stats here. Um that well, kind of Cloud's got it. that kind of injury, <laughs> like by Friday, it could be significantly better. And if they're down two one, I think there's going to be more of a push for Durant to come back for game four. Whereas if Golden State had won, what I was told is that, okay, then we can kind of push. So, like, Durant's coming back. Like if Durant doesn't come back, I will be shocked. And I think it's full think I don't think, he, I don't think he's coming five. back.
0: I don't think he's coming back until it's an elimination game. So you think. I think they wanted to split these two today and Friday, and they put their eggs in the basket of Friday with how they handled the clay thing
1: today. Right.
0: And that's not, that's not, not by the way, I think that's the right move. I don't, I'm not criticizing him for it.
1: Some of this rest obsession stuff, which I've railed against for a long time. Yeah, do your thing. We can hold on. Let's take a break. Coming up, well, let's rest.
0: Ryan's gonna, Ryan's gonna rail against rest, but let's take a rest right now. We take a break, talk about fruit of the loom when it comes to your underwear. Feeling cool is pretty cool. If you're wearing fruit of the loom's cool zone fly boxer brief, you would be feeling both cool and cool right now. They've upgraded it by adding. A ventilated mesh fly to promote airflow and support right where you need it most. I know Kyle loves nothing more than airflow and support. Um, consumer right tested, there. expertly designed. Yeah, it's the studio's hot right now. Each pair features dual defense technology designed to wick away moisture and defend against odor, keeping you dry and fresh. No ride-up legs, breathable mesh. The Cool Zone fly box of brief is made for guys who want to stay cool and comfortable all day long. You can see it on my Instagram feed because... They sent me a pair for me, but then also a small pair for my son, who is so excited. I don't think he's had new underwear probably in a couple of years. And he's been wearing these. He loves them. Those are trampoline underwear? It's it's his all all the time underwear, but especially like he's just out there trampoline, just going nuts with the cool zone fly boxer brief. Talk about how comfortable it is. Um, If you're someone who could use a little extra ventilation in your life, head over to fruit.com. Check it out for yourself. Use the code Bill to receive an additional 10% off their current promotion of 20% off the Cool Zone Fly Boxer Briefs. Fruit.com, promo code
1: BILL. All right, rail against rest. All right, I was listening to a theory the other day about how why Kawhi was so good. From who? Whose theory was it? It was Kevin Arnovitz, okay? And he was on Levitard, and he was talking about, you know, they were like, how is Kawhi this good? It was a couple weeks ago. And it was basically like, he's figured out that, you know, more than 2,000 minutes, the science says the body, 2,000 minutes, anybody playing more than 2,000 minutes, it's a joke. And you're like, well, wait a minute. So why was Durant like Durant was incredible all timer type shooting numbers before he got hurt. But then the counter argument from the rest warriors would be, well, he got hurt because he played so many minutes. Like, okay, but if the load management thing is the reason why Kawhi has been so good, why did he get hurt against Milwaukee? Guys get hurt. I don't know if it's really as much about rest as everybody makes it out to be. Like anytime somebody's hurt, if you spent your life's work arguing that players need to be playing 65 games, need to do 2000 minutes, like if you spent your whole life studying something, if I ended up becoming this writer that said, you know what, you need to live near the water. And you I'm a writer, writer, right? So, uh, I need to live near the water. It, it's a healthier lifestyle, better mental health, all these different things. Like I would only want to come up with a conclusion with the stuff that I was writing that I was right because I wouldn't want to find out of 50, but like, Hey, you know, what's actually healthier? The mountains. Like, you know, <laughs> And I'd be like, I'd be shattered. I'd be like, no, I wrote seven books about living near the water. Yeah. And you're telling me my life's work is bullshit. So as much as I've read the science about it and people are very convincing, I've also talked to teams. Like I was talking to a team at the combine and I, I don't know, it just came up and the guy was, was great. And he goes, yeah, the whole minutes thing. He's like, that science is all over the place. He's like, I'm not sure what to believe. So if Durant was hurt because he didn't rest, then Kawhi, why did he get hurt if, if it's all about Because it's not. I, I think more of the randomness of these injuries also, is something that's hard to figure out. You play basketball,
0: you could get hurt at, on any that, play with
1: anything. You can land on somebody's foot, you can get tripped. Landing on a foot we, is not because you played 72 games.
0: What about the play we saw today when Curry dove for that loose ball and went right into Jarebko's knee? It's like, he could have just blown out Jarebko's knee. Did that have to do with rest? I think injuries are... Most of the time, luck.
1: Now, well, the scientists will tell you, no, it's it's different fatigue. It's the back to backs, and like some of the back to back stuff, you go, you know what? Those numbers are very fatigue. F- fatigue thing's legitimate, right, but I'm telling you, there's more guys that work in front offices that read this stuff that go, eh, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not really sold on that. So, my point to this whole thing is that I've, like, I'm okay with the with the clay approach because it's not really rest; it's them going. Obviously, he's going to be better prepared, and that kind of hamstring injury—I mean, you don't have to be a doctor for this thing. Everybody knows you blow out your hamstring; it's so much easier to tweak immediately afterwards. And they felt like if that was going to happen, just because he wants to play, then they're probably better off. And so down they're down two-one. They're going to get him back. Maybe they get Durant back for that game. Like this is not some impossible thing. But I—I I, I also think that you know it's about time that we look at Toronto and go like you've said—they're—they're they're just really good. Can I do one more thing on the rest? Yeah. I think guys can get hurt. I needed a break anyway.
0: Guys can get hurt when they're either exhausted or they push the limits of what they normally do is when you start to get in trouble, right? So like Curry played 45 minutes today and they are 45 really hard minutes and they play two nights from now. Whether or not he's going to get hurt on Friday, I would say he's slightly more likely to get hurt because you get more tired, le- your legs get a little tight, like whatever. I, the regular season load management thing—they're not playing four games of five nights anymore. They're not flying on airplanes. Coach, it's never they're been not better. doing shit it's they never, did in the seventies. The, the
1: back-to-backs—it's—it's it's totally different.
0: I'm looking at the '87 Celtics right now, my favorite team ever.
1: McHale Shocks, and Bird
0: man. both played 3,000 minutes during the season, right? And Parrish played 29.95. DJ played 29.33. If you go back and look at those box scores, Bird's playing like 47 minutes on random nights in January, followed by the next night playing 45 somewhere else. Like, okay, but you That understand. is idiotic.
1: Right, you're right, but you understand. Okay, all right. so you're saying, because the rest person will say, well, look at the end of his career, look what happened. Look
0: well, no, at- but I'm saying like, I think Casey Jones that year really shortened the careers. I think that year and the couple years before, I think he actually really shortened the careers of Bird and McHale. Because he ran them into the ground and I watched it happen. I think that's a different thing than this load management thing that we're talking about now, where it's like, I get it. You want people to be fresh, but I don't think we can then say guys are going to, are way less likely to get injured.
1: I also think what would happen, hey, we go to 72 games. Hey, you're supposed to only play like 65. And then five years later, another guy would come out with a study and be like, actually 58 is the right number. And it would just keep going and going and going. And, well, but do you think guys I, but, play harder
0: on. now though? Well, I do you think, think people- it's harder minutes. Because if you go back and watch the games from the 80s, they don't play this hard on defense unless no. it's like a game seven of the Eastern Finals or something.
1: No, watching the 80s, which gets glorified way too much, watching... I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> watching how bad guys are at picking up dudes defensively in transition or in Or just the letting NBA people finals, shoot 18, open right. 18 footers. It's... Guys didn't move. Guys didn't move around. It's it it the, the idea, like when an older guy goes oh, they'd never be able to play when I back. Like, what are you talking about? If Steph showed up now, he would never he'd he'd shoot 35 uncontested shots. I feel like the late 80s
0: Pistons were the first team that actually tried to play defense for a whole game, every game.
1: That's why like when, fine, when I they- was
0: studying my book, I was like, this is this, you could kind of feel something shift with that team where you have like Rodman defending Bird and then he'd come out and it's like, now we're going to put John Sally on him. And both guys are really trying, you know, versus like in the mid 80s, he's going against Kelly Chepuka and Kent Benson and these fucking schmucks.
1: Ooh, hey. Well, defensively. Benson never found the right system.
0: Well, Bird is the to, to to torture I want Benson. To, I want,
1: there was something I did want to get back to on yeah. the whole thing. Because like when LeBron got hurt, right? Is it because LeBron's played a million minutes? Okay, maybe. Then there was another argument when did he get hurt with the the real time he got hurt or the (laughs) the not last
0: the hand injury last year or the actual no
1: I'm talking about the groin thing this year when he really got hurt okay and then it was argued well look at the pace that the Lakers played and his age and the pace okay I I don't I don't care what the pace is because when I watch him play and this is a credit to how incredible LeBron is he found ways to rest on the floor and still put up insane offensive numbers but it wasn't even close to the same exertion. So his however many minutes in a full season now are different than the the same number of minutes five years ago because the way he played on offense and especially the way he played on defense. Same thing with Harden. Hey, look at all these minutes Harden's playing. Look at all these shots he has to put up. Do you realize when he is off the ball, he doesn't move? He doesn't move. He doesn't do anything. He's right here. Come on. (laughs) Not all, all minutes are not created equal. So to just baseline say this many minutes is too many, and it's the same for everybody. Everybody's injuries are different. And it's kind of like the baseball thing that you were alluding to with Steph. Tonight was 45 really tough playoff. And they're playing for Steph. two nights from now and he's it, going to have the same right. load again. It's the same thing as a starting pitcher, like in game four of a series who had like 88 intensely anxiety filled pitches where that's way harder than like 110, 112 pitches in a game in August. Rant over. I'm
0: with you. I mean, I, I look at the best ever example of this is when Kobe Bryant blew out his Achilles. That was the same year when they were stupidly, he just decided he's going to play 48 minutes. Remember that? Yeah. It's like, I'm playing 48 minutes every game. And people are like, this is great. Nobody Kobe's a fucking worries. Nobody like from, wants it more. He's, uh, this guy's,
1: You think You don't think he's tougher. getting another ring?
0: You think this guy's not tough, Ryan Rosillo? And then guess what happened? He blew his Achilles out and it was stupid that he played that he was playing forty eight minutes a game. It was idiotic. Well, wait a minute. Is this just become a pro rest argument though?
1: Because that's what it feels like.
0: No, I'm saying that's a that's an occasion where somebody was pushing his body to the limits. I think with, with Kawhi, whether he played sixty games or seventy games, I don't think it would have really affected his chances to get injured in the finals. No, I think he's playing this well because Kawhi's fucking awesome. Maybe. That's, would he have been as awesome if he played 70 games instead of 60? Like, we don't know. My guess would be yes. But if he played 82 games and he played 3,000 minutes during the regular season. Like, here's another good example. I remember Duncan. So Duncan goes 2 and 3 wins the back-to-back Arnie Duncan? MVPs. Not Arnie Duncan, Tim. Tim Duncan, 2003. The other Duncan. Remember that Spurs team?
1: The 0-3 team?
0: Yeah. yeah. Name, name, name the top seven from that team
1: uh elliot parker elliot's gone elliot's already gone all right uh parker ginobili um rasha nasterovich i don't think he's there yet he's there was he oh five because they had a run of the worst centers ever that they put next to him it was truly remarkable robinson's still there oh okay um is that his last year yeah
0: yeah i'll give it to you i just found it
1: so the jackson
0: duncan parker bowen Steven Jackson of the Grandland Basketball Hour, <laughs> David Robinson, Malik Rose, Manu Ginobili, old Steve Smith, Speedy Claxton, Steve Kerr. That was their top 10. Duncan goes thirty one eighty one minutes in the regular season. So almost 3,200 minutes. Then we go to the it playoffs. It to be thick back then. We, yeah. <laughs> go to the playoffs. Rihanna thick. Duncan... In the playoffs, they play, where is it? 24 games. He plays 1,000 playoff minutes. So yeah, he goes- I've, I've looked at that. Those minutes He goes minutes almost 4,300 right. minutes. Then next year, they do it again. He makes the Western finals. Then he plays the Olympics. And these to say he was hurt all of 2005. And they win the title anyway, but he's like 70%. That's a case of like, all right, that guy got pushed too far.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm not arguing against that. I just think that there are certain things where it becomes. it It's just I disagree I with think, some of it. And look, NBA teams disagree with some of it, too. Like I also I think everybody's different. That's the point. Everyone is different. We don't know what it means. It doesn't mean Clay Clay got hurt because he's trying to stick his leg out to draw a foul and he landed awkward. And, and, and you know, well, we
0: talked about how dumb it was that Giannis didn't play more minutes in that game seven and got a couple emails from people like, wait a second. You're telling us how stupid it was that um, Embiid played all those minutes. Then why should Giannis have played all that? Like, you got to pick a side.
1: Do you really need that question answered?
0: Well, I was just like, How can Giannis you figure is out the difference? Pe- a right. peak athlete who right. should be able to play 47 minutes in a game seven. Embiid, we have this incredible track record of- He's tired he's, every he's tired. Once every he game. passed 30 minutes, right. he's exhausted. His hands are on his knees and it looks like he's going to die. That's the difference. And it's up to a
1: coach to know, I know I have to play my guys, i got to extend them, but I mean, there's that point of no return where you have to figure out a way to steal a couple minutes to keep the guy on the bench and run your offense a little differently or ask somebody to do something that maybe isn't in their comfort level instead of going, okay, I, I need to keep my best names out here the entire time. But look, none of this, this whole thing, all of it's kind of irrelevant because there's nothing more important than the fact that it was one score with Golden State, who had no secondary guy he could even count on. I don't want to even use tertiary here, but it would fit perfectly. And their defense sucked. And in Toronto was great. So, you know, I mean, Danny Green Let's talk about nuts. Toronto, because yeah.
0: I don't want to get the emails from the podcast. I, thought, I keep trying to. The Toronto fans, I'm really happy for them. They've been a really good fan base. Not a lot of good things have happened to them, and they really hit rock bottom a few times with the LeBron thing. Just play cool. Act like you've been there before. Well, right? they have That'd it, be so my not advice. No, I know, but just listen to me. Listen to Sage. I've won a lot of titles. I'm just giving them some advice. Just um, <laughs> You are on fire. Last couple of decades have been good for you. <laughs> I've been here. I've had some experience. Not everyone's out to get you. Everybody's enjoying your run. You're doing really well. And right now we're going to talk about how good your team's been. Kyle Lowry, who sucked in the first
1: two games, and
0: you and I he's are okay both- okay
1: in game one. I thought he was- He's okay. He yeah. couldn't.
0: He wasn't shooting that well, but he was playing hard at least. He was really good tonight. He took 16 shots and made eight. I disagreed with, I think, 12 of the 16 shots, but a lot of them were going in. Siakam, they oh, got a back. wait a minute. He
1: did suck in, uh, in game one. I apologize. Well, but
0: he, he didn't suck no, as he's, a he's, defensive he's,
1: tangibles guy. No, no, but um, the overall numbers were actually way worse than I thought they were. My Gasol
0: baller. was better. Danny Green, who they just stuck with, which I think Nick
1: Thurns gets a lot of credit for. Um, but that's your unplayable thing. I, that's why I always push back whenever you're like, a guy has like two bad games. You're like, this guy's unplayable. And you go, well, you can't just. Well, Bledsoe is unplayable. Okay, but I mean, Danny was Danny Green has done it before. I, I agreed with keeping Danny Green in. But Obaka, who was bad tonight. You dislike Abaka more than I do. No, but I'm just saying he was bad. But we're like I loved what he did in Game 7. We were sitting there watching Me Game too. 7 against Philadelphia going, he's the only other guy than Kawhi that feels remotely comfortable. And then he got going in the bus. game today. And then we thought it was the point where Abaka had to play and Gasol had to be abandoned. So I think the lesson in this, once again, is that whenever we want to say all these coaches are idiots for playing guys that aren't playing well... Like, they probably know better than we do that they have to stick it out with these guys that have been their guys all year long, despite how bad well, a guy can look in two games in a playoff matchup. And the pedigree of like Danny
0: Green is in a slump. Okay. But we've seen that guy on big stages make the biggest possible shots with like LeBron James guarding him. So right. you can't give up on that. Here's what Nick Nurse did that I love. I'm a big proponent of. And I think especially coming off three days rest is a great idea. He basically played seven guys. If you look at their box score, Powell played six minutes, right? Everybody else played garbage time. Um, But it was basically seven-man rotation. He's just going to war with the seven guys. He knows he trusts seven dudes. It's the same philosophy you would do in a game seven. And he was like, you know what? We need this one tonight. We're playing again on, on Friday night. I can use more subs in. I'm taking this game down. And I like what he did. Like Siakam plays 39 minutes. Kawhi's 38. Lowry's 43, which is a lot for him. I don't know how he didn't foul out playing 43 minutes.
1: He had three it's at halftime. Half he didn't get another foul call them him in the second half.
0: Yeah. Um, but I thought that was really smart. And then you look at the other side. Kerr, basically, he played a nine-man rotation. And he six of those guys, he just didn't know what he was going to get. It's rough. I mean, th- this reminds me. It's a totally different team, different circumstance, but it reminds me a little of the '04 4 Lakers where they just had dudes out there that are like, wow, really? Slava Videnko? Remember that? Yeah. Like Derek Fisher was suddenly the third, their third best player. Carl Malone was hurt. Peyton was a no-show. I guess they had Rick Fox who was still out there who was at kind of the tail end of him being relevant, but it just seemed like they just had a lot of guys who you just were shocked that were out there in a fourth quarter, which is how I felt about the Warriors tonight.
1: Yeah, but again, it's because they're missing three of their... Look, this is what, 18 playoff games? Maybe it's 19 now. They've had their original starting like group, if you're counting cousins, for one playoff game. They've had one. So I've heard some of these Lakers comps, like if the Warriors thing was going to end and you're guilty of this body language expert, that there are all these body oh, I language look, that's things. that's a fucking dig. It is. And I'm looking at you now. Um, <laughs> I was looking at the box score. Oh, all right. Well,
0: Livingston only played 17 minutes tonight. Like, they had guys that you would have actually thought were guys you would have wanted out there that he just couldn't play. Cousins Livingston. I mean, Livingston was somebody that they made a pretty big free agent commitment to. Was that last summer or two summers ago? Right? He He was basically their P.J. Tucker kind of contract. And in this game where they needed him, I would say as much as they've probably ever needed him during this run, they really couldn't keep him on the court. The Cousins thing, I don't totally blame him because I don't think he's healthy.
1: But I don't know what else he was supposed to do, man. I mean, they had to play... They had to fill in. Look, they still had to fill in the Durant minutes. They you know where I'm going with this, Looney. Bob Myers, overrated. Oh, see, that's another thing. <laughs> Let's do that though. <laughs> no, okay, I, no, I'm kidding. no, seriously, I think Bob I've heard, Myers is great. No, but this needs to be brought up because I've heard a bunch of people bring this up as if it's really insightful and be like, "Man, they've done a terrible job." Look at the bench now. Look at it before. Okay, <laughs> so they went. I did all the top minutes last year. Top minutes: Clay, Katie, Dre, Steph, Iggy. This year, it's Katie, yeah. Clay, Steph, Dre, Cousins. Okay, so then if you go Iggy. Top seven guy, both years. Top six guy. They replaced what Nick Young with Jerebko. Jerebko was terrible tonight. By the way, I still love him. Um, Zaza Pachulia with Cousins. Caspi played fourteen minutes a game, barely used. And Javale McGee, they used for nine minutes a game, had a nice little stretch there in the playoffs. You could argue David West, but only fourteen minutes a game. And now they have. They both had Cook. Damian Jones doesn't really count. This this whole this whole thing of like because. Nick Young, Javale, and David West are gone, and now they have Cousins, Jarebko, and Alfonso McKinney. It gets a fluke. We're talking about guys that are like eight, nine, and ten in. What minutes. about Livingston though? They yeah, gave him. He's, he's still the same guy, but I'm just. I keep hearing people give say him a two like year part deal last problem. year for sixteen. I'm just wondering how good do you think the the Warriors are supposed to be with the money they give to Durant, Curry, Clay, and Draymond? And it's as if like Bob Myers screwed up the bench. But if you really break it down body for body for all the top 12 minutes, guys, it's one of the most overblown things. Like, what did people expect? Did they think they were going to have like guys 11 and 12 be able to come in and play in an NBA Finals game and put up and give you like 15 points? I didn't say they didn't have anybody like, yeah, I'm Sally. No semi Ojale. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> want to jump ahead to our free agency thing. But, but I, I think, think Sammy will be available.
0: I feel like you're arguing with me, and I'm not arguing with you. This is like a conversation I've had with my wife. where It's like, wait a second. Can we go backwards? Um, I apologize. My point is, their team's not very good. Now, it's not very good because three of their top six guys are gone. I know. I can't say anything. I can't add anything else to it. My point is, it's a top-heavy team (laughs) that was built never for this to happen. This was like, the worst-case scenario is like, hey, you know what would suck? We're ba- we basically have seven guys. You know, what would suck if we just lost three of them in the finals. That would be our that would be our D day. That would be like but that's why
1: I'm saying it's. I'm watching the Chernobyl
0: miniseries, and it's like Chernobyl. The 19 things happen. It's like you know, it really suck if this nuclear rea- reactor, if the water came in and it just blew up. That's how the way. Case how do you think there.
1: that series is going over in Russia? They're, they're not like, happy about it? They're discrediting it. Do you imagine if Russia came out with a 911 movie? Yeah, that wouldn't go well. Well, they you think we'd sit there and be like, I love how they cast I love it with
0: these British accents. Yeah. this is
1: they nailed it. <laughs>
0: um, some people were saying in Russia that that uh, we glossed over the fact that there might have been a U.S. spy involved with
1: making this happen. I don't feel safe even. Commenting yeah, i just with, throwing with that tensions out being the way they are now. Yeah, I, but my point is, is that it's not it's not a fair criticism. It's not even a real <laughs> criticism like, oh, they didn't prepare enough. What do you mean they didn't prepare enough? Like, what were you supposed to do when you have that much money tied up in all those other guys? You're currently going through an injury scenario that you would have never expected to happen. It's kind of like a really good football team. And then the local radio guy goes, I hate our backup QBs. Like, well, what did you think? It's like, like when he, Peyton Manning, when he went
0: down, it was like, yeah, they don't have a backup QB for him. It's like, yeah, because if Peyton Manning went down, their season's over, which is my point with this Warriors thing. They were built for these guys to be healthy and if they weren't healthy i don't think they th- expected to win a title without
1: three of their top seven that's my point there was no way to build this we were like hey you know what we should have done we should have also added three other awesome players that were just going to sign with us i mean that's why they signed cousins because it was something that was so absurdly cheap for what if they got brooke lopez okay so they should have had brooke lopez everybody should have had brooke lopez blog aggregator that's a good blog post Rosillo slams
0: Bob Myers said he should have gotten Lopez. There's a 50-50 chance that's going to (laughs) happen. Wait a second. We started talking about the Raptors. I'm going to see Bob Myers at Vegas League and he's like, you fucking You motherfucker. Why'd you take shots at me? Wait, uh, let's take a break because I want to talk about the Raptors. Hey, if you're a movie and podcast fan like I am and like so many people at The Ringer are, check out The Ringer's new show, The Rewatchables, 1999, available only on Luminary where we're dissecting some of our favorite movies from 1999, which was an all-time great year in film. It is a spin-off series from the Rewatchables, um, a podcast that a lot of people like, actually. Dead Poets Society, coming up on that one. And on Rewatchables 1999, Office Space is happening this week, right, Kyle? Yeah. Um, same categories that we do on the uh, Rewatchables pod. We've done American Pie. We've done, uh, we've done Cruel Intentions. We did, God, what was the one we did? What else did we do? We did uh, Austin Powers last Austin week, Powers Austin Powers 2. Um, it's a really good series. The Rewatchables is fun. People like it. Luminary also has great podcasts like Hannibal is Handsome Rambler, Trevor Noah's Let's Talk This Out. They also have an awesome app that's free to download. Use it to listen to thousands of podcasts, including the ones you already love like this one, all enhanced by an easy-to-use interface with personalized content recommendations. Um, if you love podcasts, check out Luminary. Get your first two months of access to Luminary's premium content for free when you sign up at luminary.link slash Simmons. After that, $7.99 per month, luminary.link slash Simmons. Two months of free access. Cancel anytime. Terms do apply. Okay, so the Raptors are now... <laughs> we're at like the 50-minute mark of this podcast before we talk about the
1: team that's too much. Plan- We've already done no. Raptors here. We're going to stop talking about how the Warriors are built there because... I would
0: say this is... This is the most improbable title team since the 04 Pistons for me. I don't know if that would be for everybody, but the fact that this Kawhi trade worked out the way it did, it now becomes one of the great basketball trades that we've had this century if they win the title. I think anytime somebody talks about, hey, let's let's just, we're in a bar, let's name some great trades. If they won the title, I think this would be like up there with the Harden trade and some of the other ones that get mentioned, right? Even if he leaves, it's an all timer. I mean, it's it's. Even if he leaves, he could leave this summer after the title, and it's one of like the twelve most important trades anybody's made because they won the title because of it, and I don't think they had any chance otherwise. The Gasol trade, which I think people were pretty back and forth on whether that was good, I just kind of like having him out here in these big games. I know he sucked in game two, but he was good tonight. Not all these guys get to be awesome every game. Getting Danny Green thrown into the Kawhi trade, underrated, because he's been showing up. Um, they paid Van Vliet, which was controversial. I think people were surprised by the number. I, I wasn't surprised because he killed the Celtics all the time. And then uh, kind of accepting that Ibaka and Lowry were sunk costs with the contracts they had and just being like, well, they're overpaid, but we might as well keep them
1: versus what we could get for them. All of these are really smart moves. It was but they're a also, very well constructed team. They also were fortunate. And look, I thought they were the best team in the East for most of the season. I and could I, never get there. I never gave up on them against Milwaukee and it was tough to not give up on them because of how bad it looked. We've been over this stuff, but you I cannot emphasize this enough. Like Milwaukee was new. Philly still is kind of weird and Boston was a mess. So they didn't have that that one imposing eastern thing where they should have been afraid. Like they shouldn't have been afraid of any of those teams. No. And they obviously weren't. I think they were probably the most
0: afraid of Philly, would be my guess, because it was so hard for them to score against them.
1: But what about y- the Heat? What about the 0506 Heat team as being an unlikely champion if Toronto pulls us off? I would say no,
0: only because that was a really weird year for the league where whoever the champion was, I think we would have thought it was weird. Right?
1: I just have never. My thing was always with them. They're probably like the worst modern day champ. I agree like with that. Going back to, you'd have to go back to probably that Seattle 78 team. And but I, I think, I think
0: in, it was just a talent drought for the league. You go through the teams that were in
1: the mix there. But as a team, and I, I'm putting you on the spot here. So I don't. No, I remember. I'm, I'm well, good at this stuff. They win the title with that great comeback. And also part of the way that Wade just lived at the free throw line in 06, they got swept the next year in four games against the Bulls.
0: Well, Shaq got old, and uh, and
1: I think they put on a Time lot of machine miles.
0: Old. Uh, Antoine Walker, they that team was kind of built to win in oh five or oh six. It had two. It was a little like with that Rockets team, just what we saw with them. Shortened season. The Heat, though?
1: I thought the actually, Heat actually no, should have won a season for a bunch of the players. Uh, yeah, Jason Williams was third in minutes that year. Their top three minutes guys are Wade Haslam, Jason Williams, Eddie Jones.
0: It was a weak year for the league, like the Clippers could have made the finals that year. They really could have. I was going to the games. I'm looking at you were uh, locked in that year. I'm looking at the Eastern Conference semis. 2004. Pistons beat the Nets. four games to three. <laughs> this is a beauty this series. first game of this series, Detroit 78 New Jersey 56. <laughs> that was our final score. Are you kidding me? What 90, Detroit wins, this is 4 Detroit wins the first two. They win the second game, 95-80. Game three, 82-64, Nets win. They win 94-79. Game five was the classic OT game, 127-120, where Scalbrini had his great moment. So the Nets are up 3-2. Detroit wins game six in New Jersey, 81-75, and they kill them in game seven, 90-69. They end up winning the title, but barely escaped in that series. And probably, I thought they were going to lose game six. I remember, I think I might even bet the Nets that game
1: and just being... 78-56. Yeah. But yeah, the Warriors couldn't compete back then.
0: So, But my point is, my point is, um, they got over the hump where it actually should have gone sideways for them. And then that team really found itself the last couple of rounds, the Indiana series, then in the Lakers in the finals... And now we remember that 4 Pistons team really fondly, especially how it ended. And this Toronto run reminds me of that, where it was like, you know, they lose a playoff game to Orlando, and it's like, oh, man, this fucking Raptors again. Then they get to Orlando. It's like, well, Orlando sucks. Well, Philly's going to beat them. Get to Philly. Felt like Philly should have beat them. Some weird shit goes on. Embiid no-shows a couple games. They blow a couple games. Still goes to a game seven And we watched game seven together and just couldn't believe Toronto was even the game. Nobody could score other than Kawhi and Baca had a couple shots. They barely escape. But now these last two rounds, I feel like they've really found themselves going back to game three of the Milwaukee series. Those four games, these three, this is a really good seven
1: game stretch for them. Uh, Yeah. Look, I, you're not, this is not you having to convince me that they're good, but I, I'm talking more about the stretch. Right. Uh, Yeah, this is the first time we've seen it from this group. The first time this group has been together and... I, you know, some of this stuff, I, I don't I don't really know what the answer is. Like, think about Cousins starting in Game 2. If Golden State loses Game 2, Cousins starting, then everybody goes up. Kerr panicked. He did this. He did that. He's like, you can't change who you are and all this stuff. You're like, no. He just wanted to try a different matchup. He wanted yeah. to try to get Gasol off the floor with Jordan Bell in Game 1. It totally backfired. So now he's going to match Gasol's size with Cousins. In the first few four minutes of Cousins, it looked like it was going to be a disaster again. Then Cousins had a really nice Game too. So to say now that Toronto has found its groove and – the Milwaukee series is incredibly imp- impressive and you know i don't i don't like when people say oh they should be up 3-0 in this series because they they screwed up in game 2-1 two. feels right 2-1 feels right because you also now look if there's no clay tonight and golden state's down 2-0 i don't know if they find a way to win this game because they're more motivated when they when they're down this many guys but i actually I can, think we're looking at a sweep at that yeah, point yeah I, I think what you can say is that 2-1 yeah feels right toronto's good but if clay played tonight they're down 2 one well and, and the Probably, reason i brought up that oh four Pistons series
0: was they split the first two and then that was it the pistons
1: ran But that's out. different like i've heard some comparisons to the lakers golden state and this is back to like that, that what's like, different though i don't think that the warriors hate each other's guts the way the lakers no team I'm was i'm talking just
0: from people think oh well game four golden state's gonna get it back And that's how people felt. Game four of the Lakers-Pistons, which I think I wrote a column after that game. It was Shaq's last like really great game. They're down 2-1. They're in Detroit. The the middle three games are in Detroit. So you don't want game five, then Detroit can clinch at home. You got to throw all the eggs in the basket for game four. And I think Shaq put up like a 38-20, something like that. And he was just great. He was just like old school, awesome Shaq one last time. And Detroit still beat them. This game Friday night, Unless, I, I mean, Clay doesn't just have to come back. He has to come back and get between 22 and 25, I think, realistically. Because I just think Toronto knows who they are now. And they know what the matchups are. We were watching the game today going, um, why take a pull-up three? Like, you can get any shot you want. Any shot you want. Lowry yeah. would screw their offense up. It's like, just wait five seconds. You're going to get, like, a layup or a five-footer. Like, what are you doing? I don't see how that changes in game four. Well, I actually really think there's defender. a chance... They'll have a second
1: defender if Clay comes back and plays.
0: I think Toronto would have to like suck in game four to lose. I don't know how many more moves the Warriors have. You well, know they don't.
1: I mean they don't have anybody. But like was it like Quinn Cook's going to make eight threes? So wait a minute. Are you picking Golden State or Toronto if Clay's back and it's like feels like the right Clay? I'd need a lot more info. But
0: I, I told you what I did today. Me, Salen, House, we all bet on Toronto. This the Toronto to win in five, 17 to one odds seemed like must
1: be nice You're seemed to have like that kind of recreational cash yeah, i
0: was just throwing a little 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 slider that way but it was like look there's did a pathway where- you
1: bet toronto plus the five when we both thought clay wasn't
0: playing um i eventually did just because before the game i tried to in my head try to figure out how golden state could get to 100 points and i couldn't figure it out ironically they got to 109 I just couldn't I couldn't understand where the other 60 points were going to come from.
1: Is there any way we can make it hotter and darker in this room?
0: <laughs> you don't like the heat? We can open that door. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. Wait, I got to ask you about the Kawhi thing because we were excited to talk about this. Will this now lead to desperation? We shouldn't be doing this, but fuck it. It worked for Toronto and they won the title when they did this with Kawhi. So I'm going to just make this reckless huge trade and gave away a giant asset because that's just how Toronto won the title.
1: Is this going to be a new era of teams doing that? Yes.
0: And did OKC start that era with Paul George?
1: They make a trade where Paul George basically said he was going to the Lakers and then he doesn't. And they kept him. I think if Kawhi were to stay and there was a really interesting report that it could be a short deal that Kawhi would stay. We had awesome real estate speculation from two different people that he bought a place in Toronto.
0: Nothing makes me happier than right. reckless sports blog, real estate speculation is my internet search sweet spot.
1: My favorite one ever. And I've told this story once before was I'd have this routine where I would, cause it was by myself in Connecticut constantly. And I'd be yeah. like, all right, you've been in the house 40 straight nights, like get out and get a plate of pasta. And I, I went to this Italian place in West Hartford and I sit down at the bar and I'm eating watching a game. They used to love having the Mets on in West Hartford. It would drive me nuts. And uh, the owner comes over. He's like, hey, did you hear the news? I go, depends on what kind of news we're talking about. Peyton Manning just bought a house in West Hartford. Uh (laughs) I go, really? (laughs) They're like, yep. You got a gig at ESPN. (laughs) I'm like. West Hartford. I go, okay, let's just say. I don't know that Peyton Manning was hired by ESPN because it's definitely like Wilds well, is looking at me right now. I didn't have that kind of juice. I wouldn't. I wouldn't always know that kind of stuff. And You didn't they even talk to you for the ESPN book, right? I'm going to be in the paperback. I think
0: is that out yet? Yeah. The third edition paperback. Might have, it's like give me a couple paragraphs.
1: The <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be in the hebrew edition
0: it's after both of us die of heat stroke in this guest house (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be
1: it's gonna be in the usp book what if they came out with a third edition they were like with the Rosillo chapter (laughs) uh i was like i don't think peyton manning bought a house in west Hartford, man they're like yeah no he's he's doing it he's like he just bought a house right over there on old town road and I'm like, I don't. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> that road. I'm like, I don't think he did though. Because even if he got a gig, and the ESPN was doing the Monday Nighter. We're talking wheels up. We're talking. He doesn't have to live here. Like, he's not doing 2 p.m. Eastern NFL Live raps. He's not. Like, Peyton doesn't have to do those things. He can call his shots. And so to then buy a house in West Hartford doesn't make a ton of sense. Had I tweeted out at that moment, I would have been wrong. Now, what does that mean for Kawhi? Back to the original question. If Kawhi stays, then it will greatly impact the Anthony Davis market because I think it's all, already impacted. Yeah, I, I think these businesses are very alike, whether it's sports or other things. Wait, like, here's okay, an opportunity to talk about the Celtics. Like, are they doing this? Hey, they're doing. I, st- I actually don't the think the Celtics, Celtics are in this
0: are nah. in this mode right now, where they could just kind of say "fuck it" and try to get Davis and hope that you know, in the East, if Kawhi leaves the Raptors,
1: if I were the Celtics, who I the I, fuck wouldn't, knows. I wouldn't do it because he's a clutch client and clutch. Is never going to help out the Celtics. (laughs) They're just not. And if I'm Ainge and I'm Kyrie's gone, and then I'm going to do this for Davis. And by the way, like the Ainge stuff today with Kyrie.
0: Do you want to? uh, You want me to play that now? Yeah, I'm going to try to find that. Go do your rant on this, and I'll find the clip.
1: No, but I just think businesses are very, very predictable that way. They're like, wait a minute, they have a weather person on their pro, you know, their their football pregame show. We need to do that. Okay, wait a minute. Somebody has a ref in the booth. All right, well, let's get our ref in the booth. And I'm not saying anything's things are wrong, but like businesses do this all the time. And I don't think the NBA, although a different model and a different model for success and, and the transactions are far harder to pull off, you can't just do whatever you want. I do think other owners and other front offices would be able to, especially the the GM who might be getting fired in a year, can go to his owner and say, hey, no one thought Paul George was going to stay. No one thought Kawhi was going to stay. Let's let's put a package together. for Well, Davis. but
0: look at the reasoning behind those two trades, right? The Paul George thing is just like Durant left.
1: We're also afraid Westbrook might leave. And by the way, Oladipo's contract at that point was thought to be a bad contract. Yeah. So they were like, dude, he didn't we're play off well. this thing. Yeah. He wasn't it's the, like, he let's wasn't take a flyer. No. What's
0: the worst thing that could happen? He leaves and we just start over. And Kawhi, the Kawhi thing, same thing. They had maxed out the team they had. Let's take a flyer with Kawhi. We get off to Rosen's contract. Get Danny Green back too. Why not? Doesn't work out. Blow it up next year. Here's that Danny Inch quote. I don't want to know what deal you're talking about. Yet. Somebody asked him about, uh, somebody asked him, do you regret the cut? This uh, is like Kyredia. when I screwed
1: up throwing a sound on the radio show. Like, no, no, play the cut.
0: I don't want to, to know what deal you're talking about yet. So like, Just it, in this, general. I understand, but like, it, it depends. There's, there's always risk in making deals. And uh, so not,
1: we're not afraid of risk. We we made a risk by trading for Kyrie, and no matter what happens with Kyrie, we'll I'll never regret that. Just move on to the next deal.
0: That's like Ryan, uh, your your girlfriend that you met when you're on that trip. Have you been talking to her? No, no, no. (laughs) Ryan, you met that girl in the Bahamas, and all your friends said not to date her, and you did, and you went nine months, and now you went home today, and all her stuff was gone and she stole $20,000 from you. Yeah. Um, do you regret dating her? Well, you know, there's risk every time, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like that he's basically past tense with that. I thought Ka- I thought Kyrie was gone anyway, but that interview, I'm like, oh, he's, they've moved on. They're already like, you know, it's, he's in the rearview mirror.
1: I talked to one guy who was the same guy that told me Durant was going to the Warriors in January of that year. And, you know, we all have a couple guys that like we really trust. Was it Stephen A. Smith? These, no, it was. Stephen A. doesn't. Careful. No, he do not no, 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 no. It wasn't. Stephen A. doesn't think about how can I involve Ryan in this story. I think yeah. it's probably a, a fair. That's fair. fair you know, we, we have our sources, right? So the same guy said, don't fall for it with this Kyrie stuff. Don't fall for it all year long. He goes, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. And when everybody thought he was coming back, the same guy was like, he's not. He's like, I'm telling you right now, he's not. So I think Kyrie, and just looking at his Instagram post that would make 311 jealous, that Kyrie just knew, let me just play it this way. And either he convinced Boston he was coming back, or Boston's game plan as a front office was that everybody they talked to just Positive, positive, positive. Kyrie's coming back. Kyrie's coming back. It's a certainty. It's a lock. It's the whole thing. I don't think Kyrie had any intention of sticking around. And I think it goes back to last year in the playoffs and not showing up. I think it's... He's you mean just when different- he didn't show up for a game seven because he was on an Uncle Drew publicity tour? Yeah. I think all this stuff is connected. and He's the leader what, of the team. Whether Boston knew it and played it a certain way or Kyrie played them. And that's fine because what they gave up asset-wise... It
0: was a great risk. I support yeah. it. And it's a good trade. Good luck in Brooklyn. Good luck to the Nets fans. Can I ask you a question? I'm really going to – I'm actually really going to enjoy where he goes next and how it unfolds over the next couple of years because we just watched it. And for me, it's like, it's like when Stefan Marbury got traded to the Knicks. And it, it should have been a red flag that the Suns were like, hey, any interest in Stephon Marbury? that's red flag number one red flag number two huge contract red flag number three unclear if he could be the guy goes to the Knicks all the Knicks fans are excited within a year they're miserable and by the way we're gonna have to credential 30 people a game for him like who's this guy I, I just think I just think we saw it with Kyrie and there's nothing you can say about the situation that defends how it played out he was innocent he wanted to be on the best team he wanted a team that had a bunch of assets. He wanted to be the guy. He wanted to be the leader. He wanted to be on the cover of the program, all that stuff. And he had all of it. He didn't want and to be he, in LeBron's
1: shadow anymore. He and got they it. made
0: the team worse. The nice. team was worse and he was all over the map. And then we got to the playoffs and he sucked. And he didn't seem like he gave a shit. Look, look what we watched tonight with Steph Curry like diving on the floor in this game. He's down 14 in game three with two minutes left. He's flying around. Kyrie didn't give a shit. And I just don't want to watch him on my team anymore. I, I'm, in turned 50 this year. I don't know how many years I have left, Ryan. Time to deal
1: with Kyrie Irving. Now, one thing about the team doing worse I mean, yes, they didn't get to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, but it's unfair to compare the East this year with what the East was last year. East is much better. Um, but that sounds like I'm defending Kyrie. I'm not. I can't wait for all the blogs in Boston that would tweet at me, all the people that cover the team that were Captain Kyrie. And no, you don't get it. You don't get it. You're going to get it. every one of you guys. What are don't gonna, we get? I, we get it better than they do. And every one of those fucking guys are going to turn on Kyrie in a most magical way ever. I can't wait to read the anti Kyrie Boston content. From all the people that didn't want to write it and kept pretending. Because look, he's on your favorite team. You think it's going to work. You keep lying to yourself about it. And the big bad national guy who doesn't buy into it. Like I ended up being right about it. I ended up being right about it all year. I never put that team in that group of those other teams. But if I ask you this, if you're the Nets. But he, he, can we? I say one thing on that before no, you go? No, you're not No, no, just to. one little
0: piece. <laughs> if yeah, you're a Boston whatever. fan, you have a legacy of the local media causing a lot of shit between how fans feel about players and sometimes that not being genuine and then starting shit just to start shit and get people to talk about, have stuff, talk about on drive time show or local news, you know, sub front page of the paper, whatever. It's just a 40 year history of it.
1: So in this case, it was actually justified because 40 go back to the Ted Williams stuff that Lee right, wrote. I mean, 80. it's, it's, it's a, whenever I go back and like read the Ted Williams stuff or Babe Ruth stuff, then I've read both Montville's books on it. It's mind-blowing how similar the coverage is. Like, is Ted Williams a winner? Is he really clutch? Is he really a team guy? Can he build your team around him? It's You think it's – you're reading stuff going, wait a minute, you guys did this in the 40s? What about yes. –
0: we did it 10 years ago with Manny Ramirez. And, and he became the most polarizing athlete the city had for five, six years there. I just think – He was like Puig before Puig. In this case – just better. In this case, forget the baggage – go by the results and go by the fact that the guy didn't really care if he was on the team or not. And he was up and down depending on the week. And I think when he leaves probably 48 hours will pass oh, and there'll be, be some massive be, feature about right. actually here, are the 25 things that we weren't able to write until he left.
1: That's going to happen. Oh, it's going to be on, I mean, big time. I don't know. You know, will Woj get it or whatever. Cause like, remember when LeBron left Cleveland? It'll the be first Jack- time? I
0: bet it's Jackie Mack
1: yeah maybe she's pretty wired yeah right? she's wired in i could see that happen it's going to be all right so we already understand all those things but,
0: if but he's just... going to go to brooklyn and they're going to go 12 and 2 to start the year and everybody's gonna be like "Kyrie was boston's fault and the same thing's gonna happen again because you are who,
1: you are who you are here's what i do want to ask you though because sometimes i force myself to be like okay wait a minute i know what my quick like immediate answer would be where you go okay well how much better is Kyrie than d'angelo russell and the first thing you go like oh my god what is what a stupid question and then you like let it sink in a little bit and you go, first of all, those two in the same backcourt would, I actually think, be a terrible fit. Um, <laughs> it sound, that sounds awful. Awful. Why would you do that? Now, that may mean that, that Russell's out. And who are they guarding? Russell's out. Nobody. Uh, maybe Quinn Cook. But- See, I, I think well, from a you know Brooklyn what I'm standpoint... You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, But I get it from Brooklyn's standpoint. They've never had a real right. star. That's the answer.
0: He's somebody that's super internet friendly. He's an amazing player to watch. I will totally defend the day in, day out Kyrie viewing experience. He's incredible. I've never seen a player like him in my life. He's Darius Garland? Well, until Darius Garland really takes off. It's just like, you know how it's going to end. And I, I don't think somebody becomes... I don't know somebody who figures out how to connect with teammates as a superstar, as they hit their late twenties. At this point, you'd kind of you kind of know what you are as a basketball player. He's been in the league since when? 2011. We've had a whole decade of him. What's going to be different? How, where, what's he going to mature into? Like we saw somebody like Rasheed Wallace, who I think was pretty Rashid volatile Wallace, player yeah. in Portland. No, and he went to Detroit. And was able to kind of fit into the framework of that team, and was like a beloved teammate and a great guy, and and like that's somebody who matured a little bit later. Um, the difference with Kyrie is he wants to also be the guy. When you're the guy, you have to look out for your teammates and kind of give a shit about the framework of a team, and you can't like throw people under the bus and press conferences and be super moody one day and happy the other day and just be all
1: over the map. Yeah, like I, it's think, not going to work. I think about Kyrie and I go like. Do you think there's ever a day where he wakes up going, you know what? I need to I need to fix some things for me to really be the guy that I want to be. And I don't think he does. I think he does the kind of enlightened, like, oh, people don't get it. People don't get it. Yeah. Like, I remember one time I talked to somebody. I was like, yeah, Get Out was pretty good. You're like, what? Pretty good? <laughs> like, pretty good? I was like, yeah, it was interesting. I don't think I'd watch it again. <laughs> you don't get it. You didn't get it. You clearly didn't like, get it. Wait there. a minute. Yeah, I think I got it. I don't. Know I, if I you think got Kyrie's it. the guy that's like, yeah. You don't get it. You don't get it. And you're like, no. I think I get it. I watched it all season long. And- I actually
0: think his destiny. He should just. Somebody, I had a reader suggest this with Kawhi. This is from Jason in Athens, Greece. How about that? One of our one of our best Greek readers. He said, "What if Ka- Kawhi wins, bolts for another team on a one year deal, takes them over the hump." And this is just what his career is now. He's a mercenary who signs one-year deals from team to team. I am ready for Kawhi to become the NBA's equivalent of John Wick. Emotionless, ice cold, strictly business NBA rings. No jersey requirements. No farewell tours. I kind of like that, but that actually makes more sense for Ka- for Kyrie with me. Which is t- one-year contracts. All right, here's my next team. It's great honeymoon period, right? Remember that honeymoon period with the Celts that went 16 straight? I was like... I fucking love this guy. I can't believe Cleveland traded him. This is crazy. I've never had more fun watching the Celtics. LeBron must card. be
1: really difficult. Oh my
0: god, what were they thinking? Yeah, and just and then he leaves, and it's perfect. It's like he dates a team's fan base for nine months, and then it's like, thanks, man. And then he leaves, and he Actually, goes, he's off to the like next one.
1: It's like, like we're gonna go a couple good trips. Yeah. You know, it's going to be fun. I'm going to pay for Go stuff. Go somewhere tropical. I'm not clingy at you all. You money. Like there's, there's actually some cool access to shit that you're not going to get with regular guys. You meet Chris Long? But like, don't, yeah. Maybe Chris Long will stop by. We put like one of the part of my take guys on the phone for like three minutes. Yeah. We FaceTime with one of them and it's going to be fun. I live right near the beach. I have a nice car. I've got, I, you know, I have friends all over the And then nine country. months later, new yeah, team. But I'm going to be a little difficult <laughs> and <laughs> I'm a little stuck about my ways. Right. You know, like a lot. I got, of this, I got my writing. A lot of the stuff that I'm doing is because I don't want anyone to tell me that I can't do it. Um <laughs> I forget I, there was one. Uh, there was one thing though that you said that. Uh, well, the reason that email doesn't make any sense is both those guys have. Kawhi has a fake injury history. Kyrie has a real. No, no. Injury he history. he go, was writing about Kawhi. I was saying instead
0: right. of Kawhi, Kyrie should be the guy. Who just yeah, has right. one year contracts, but he has because he's going to wear it history. as welcome yeah. in year
1: two. You might as well just enjoy the year one. But anybody that signs him, I I totally like as much as we have just spent time talking about how much fun it isn't, and it's fine. Like it's Jeff Green times a hundred. Every new fan base would try to tell me, like you don't get it. I'm like okay, fine, got it. If All I'm right, Brooklyn check- though, I
0: would ra- I would actually probably look smart. Me GM me is like I would rather have Russell is younger. I think he has a higher ceiling. Think there's a higher a better, ceiling than Kyrie. No higher ceiling just to get better than Kyrie is what he is, right? I don't know if I don't know if Kyrie is going to be better than we've seen the last two years, right? Russell might actually be better. I don't know
1: where he ends up as a player. This was a really good year for Russell, but you have more bad years. Like Kyrie's steadily been better. I mean, I don't. Even but think is, Ky- is Kyrie going to
0: be statistically better than he was this year? at any point in well, his that's career what's the
1: funniest thing about the whole thing is when you look at his numbers and you go wait a minute he just had that year and you guys are bummed out about him and that's what that's what'll happen the brooklyn fan that hasn't so that's watched what I mean. him the so, brooklyn media that hasn't watched him as much will go oh my god this guy's numbers but are he's sick. a star
0: like they've never had a star so you put him in and it's like this is fucking cool kyrie irving's on our team the nets are real he'll come out he'll average 30 a game in november and they'll be like this is the best this guy's awesome he's weird has weird press conferences fits into Brooklyn perfectly. He's quirky. Get right. to yeah, the big feature about oh yeah, he's he has a place in Williamsburg, but he might move to Dumbo. He likes Dumbo a little bit more. Do that whole thing, and he'll they'll have a great year with him. But good he luck gets in year 3D four.
1: Printed suits.
0: Uh, I think oh, I can't so, talk about Kyrie anymore. I'm out. No, I have one more thing for you, very quick. No, I'm not going to listen. My dream scenario is he is he actually reunites with LeBron. That's not impossible. I I would just. It, it, just please, if that would be my non-Boston wish for the summer, is like, please, I hope he goes to the Lakers. I would, I would just enjoy that so much, him and LeBron together again. It would be like when Richard Burton got remarried to Elizabeth Taylor. Remember that? No. Okay. I'll try to come up with a better one. It would be like if Angelina got back together with Brad Pitt. No? I think Brad can do that. Ben better. Affleck got back
1: together with J-Lo? I mean, imagine if you were dating somebody who brought cats home all the time <laughs> and then you crank it up another level. Chickens, people, (laughs) you know, let's take take one uh, more break.
0: What's your name? Hey, let's talk about jeans. I wear jeans a lot, especially uh, this winter in LA when we never had good weather. Finding the perfect pair is tough. That's where RevTown comes in. A few former Under Armour guys started RevTown by taking everything we thought we knew about athletic apparel and applying it to jeans. The result the most comfortable jeans you'll ever wear revtown created a proprietary fabric that combines italian milled denim a little bit of stretch and a strong durable thread just like the stuff used in football uniforms and workout gear that sounds pretty comfortable kyle they're mailing us some right i hope so i hope so god i hope they have some for kyle uh their jeans are as tough as work pants as comfortable as sweatpants as stylish as designer jeans they deal directly with their customers so the, their, their premium jeans are more than half the price of other designer brands. See for yourself at RevTownUSA.com slash Simmons. And with Dad's Day around the corner, RevTown offering something special for our listeners. Head over to RevTownUSA.com slash Simmons to pick up a pair of jeans and a polo for just $100. What? what a deal. They even offer free domestic shipping and returns. You really have nothing to lose. That is RevTownUSA.com. Slash Simmons. All right, last thing I wanted to do was um a cu- couple small things. What if they had a retro flapping Wilds? You'll like this half baked idea. Retro flapping, yeah, Wilds. Come on in for five minutes, okay. Kevin Wilds. We might do a half baked podcast tomorrow. Rousseau, you don't don't zone out. Don't go on your phone. So there's a retro-flopping committee. And when somebody, like, when somebody f- hits a three and kicks their legs out and goes flying, there's a committee that looks at that the next day. And if they determine it's, fla- it's a flop, it's a flop point. And it gets to like 16 flop points, you're suspended for a game. So basically, there's a risk now for you to be a jackass and try to draw a, flat, a foul in, in, in like a European soccer way, basically.
1: Does the ref have to call it, or if,
0: no? You get it's it's adjudicated the next day. The flopping committee weighs in and be like, we reviewed the tape. There were three flaps. Um, they've been They, Green has two flop points, and Kyle Lowry has one flop point.
1: Is this NBA officials making it making the call, or is this? Yeah, it's in Sycakus.
0: I like when they have to go to Sycakus for stuff. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm all in. I don't see any downside of this. Give it so, my Rasilla. I love it. I absolutely I think you should be banned from the league for a month if you get to like 15 flop points make it really count I mean they did do this with flopping where they find guys after the fact I think I just feel more bad for wilds that he decided to sit in this sauna and watch a podcast (laughs) and not talk like no there's no way he still wants to be here no I know why I was gonna have to listen to it so I'm saving time
0: I know, now I know Wilds, it. and I know what he's doing. The whole time he's sitting there trying to figure out what the what the digital TV angle is of us sitting in a couch and just sweating
1: our balls off and talking about better, basketball at ten at better night.
0: Better, yeah, because all you'd need better was lighting.
1: <laughs> better lighting. All you need was a title. It'd be like "Sauna Time" <laughs> with Bill and Rye. <laughs> Definitely, we're just right. in towels. I, I always, I always feel like Wilds is going. Was Rizzillo a one, and we didn't know it? Was he a one? Like, or is this? like you know what i think he i think he was a two he was always a two he wanted to be a one i always feel like i let wilds down because wilds was like one of the only people creatively like i could vibe with and then we had a stretch he's like all right let's do it let's start taping stuff and i would start telling my ideas and then i'd be like okay this this radio show though is every day and it's really hard for me to break away and then i i think we agreed to do something it was right around the draft and i was like i blew it off and then i let wilds down and it's never been the same you're true yeah not true no is that true at all Not true. No, that's why I'm here. Yeah. Am I being evaluated right now? Is this like the Combine? (laughs)
0: combine. Here's your mistake with the uh, radio show. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Let me grab a pen. No, no, no. (laughs) I think Tuesdays and Thursdays, you should have just done what Francesa does now and just be like, all day, you're not planning anything for the show. You're just taking calls. (laughs) <laughs> Coming back, we're gonna take some more calls. And it's three hours. So you're basically you just show up. What time did the show start?
1: One Eastern. Thanks for listening. Only One ten, Eastern. Well, ten I could not remember the, the Pacific slot. time. I'm just kidding. I, I know. So
0: I, you show up for at 1257? Some people do the job that way. I couldn't
1: I couldn't ever do it that way. But this way. is my point. Tuesday, Thursday, less prepped ride. 1257 yeah. calls. Taking your calls. Out at 401. There's a couple managers that actually would have loved it had I done that. But I just always would say, like, how many times you've been in the car where you go, Dave in Tampa? What a great fucking point. <laughs> Is it less than 1% of the time? Kyle and Poughkeepsie. Hey. Does Wilds want it, the mic back now? I forget. No? No, that's no, no. good. Right. Um, All right. Next topic. <laughs> social media interaction chasing. Okay. So I've been thinking about the jerkiest way to tweet this. Yeah. Because what's happened is is you know guys are trying to get impressions and they're doing this thing where they're asking questions and it's like comment below if you could have any superpower and then like if a couple people pick up on it then it just blows up and the guy's like oh my god you know here's my bio um what's, here's here's my SoundCloud about, what's
0: your favorite true crime podcast <laughs> and then you get like 230 replies
1: like whoa look at those replies or the one would be like Comment below with help in the industry. And it's like, no, you actually are looking for a job, and now everybody's looking at this thing and they're like, oh my God, this thing blew up. So I was trying to find a way to write one where it was like, Hey, what question can I ask Twitter where I don't care about the answer, but just hope to crank the interactions? <laughs> and, and then just post that. And then the questions would be the interactions. Yeah. The pl- I think you should do that tomorrow. So people hear the podcast, it'll be an inside joke. Yeah. Because, like, some of the stuff from rappers in the morning that get 30,000 retweets, like, another day, blessed fam, smoke up. Who the fuck retweets that? <laughs> Who goes Kyle, like, he's right there. You've never seen it. He's You've right never seen there. Him. i got a job now.
0: He's 100% retweeted that. I've never seen it. Cause it, man. I deleted them all. Uh,
1: DJ Khaled really had some good wisdom this morning. I mean, it's all the same stuff. Like, it's yeah. all the same stuff. And I'll just go, like, man, being a rapper is way easier on Twitter than... than than other people like you'll have a little draft (laughs) nugget (laughs) coming up next why being a rapper is easier on twitter so yeah like the new one is is what advice would you give yourself or like what kind of 20 years ago yeah like what is this a player tribune month um i don't know yeah so that i don't know maybe i'll do it tomorrow maybe i'll do it tomorrow so people will get the joke because that whole thing is you don't care about the answers you're only hoping to get thousands of interactions. You know, you don't care about what anybody has to say. You're either trying to get your profile out there as much as you possibly can. So now everybody's doing it and it's it's just something I've noticed. What would you tell 2002 you to keep yourself encouraged? Um <laughs> 2002 was the worst year of my life was it really yeah I mean it's like no question it's a one seed and I don't even know who else fills out the bracket (laughs) you know 2002 is the worst Uh, one easily I mean it's not I I can't even put another year in the running 2002 was so bad really tell us more uh I was working minor league baseball I wasn't making any money they told me I was going to make like 30 grand I made 12 uh My girlfriend dumped me. I proposed to her at her elementary school in front of kids looking through the window. She said no. So then I had to go back to work. Uh, Then they were going to take me off the air because they said I sucked at calling the games. And I was like, yeah, I told you I sucked because it didn't make any sense. You were going to put me on the fucking air in the first place. And they're like, yeah, well, look, we're just going to take you off the air and then slowly train you, bring you back. I was like, you're never going to put me back on the air. And I'm making 12 grand living in fucking Trenton. I'm out of (laughs) here. So I left and then I went home and worked for my father's construction company for basically to pay for my room and board because I didn't have any money. And then the girlfriend started dating one of my buddies and I was banned from all the weddings because everybody thought I was going to beat dudes up. <laughs> so I got... O2 oh, was rough. Yeah. Uh, Thanks
0: to ex- Explosions in the Sky for <laughs> the soundtrack for that.
1: O oh, two 2 tough year. I dropped to like 178. Couldn't eat. One seventy eight. I got really. Yeah, I got really. I also couldn't afford food, and then my cable got shut off. And I used to put in VHS tapes to watch like the wedding singer while I ate a sub, because I didn't have TV. Kyle loves this. This could be the pot every
0: every time now. O two was rough. We should we should we should spin this off into a podcast called No Threat. You know, no, nah, I, I was I zero the worst year of your life. The only threat zero I was to threat. myself. <laughs>
1: Like, Again, the thing is you look back on it and you go, you were 26, you were living on Martha's Vineyard in the summer and yeah, you're working construction and you felt like a loser and you were bummed out about the girl thing, but like you were, you were seconds away from vineyard nightlife and you just mailed it in. Like you didn't even give it a shot. Right. Like I just sat and played Madden and bet on games and then I was still living there in the fall and it wasn't, it wasn't winterized. So that was awesome. Um but I, there was one other part, like, you remember in Ben Stiller, meet the parents, the first one where he has like the kids holding up the, will you marry me sign? Yeah. And it's about to go down and it's going to work. But then she says, oh, my sister's getting engaged. Mine was the opposite. Like, it was like kids were holding up signs that said, she's going to say no. And she's already dating one of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Makes me stronger though. Iron sharpens iron. Couple, couple mailbag questions for you. Um.
0: Chris from Chicago wants to know if we've thought of the new Space Jam movie, how LeBron's had trouble finding NBA players to be in it. Have they thought about using CGI to do multiple LeBrons instead of LeBron and other teammates? And then eventually LeBron summons the power to create five of himself on the court together for the fourth quarter with the Looney Tunes cheering him on from the bench. And he adds, I would love to see what five LeBrons would do on the court together especially if he wrote and directed the basketball scenes himself kind of an interesting space jam subplot there
1: is he having a harder time getting a lakers teammate or a space jam teammate Discuss. i think, it, I think A's? it's equal is that an a or the b's
0: i'm so glad we made it this long without talking about the lakers
1: i got a little they look. would have
0: looked at our rundown and been like this all looks great guys but can you do the lakers at the top like why are you doing any raptors What do you think Magic's endgame was there? Which part? We haven't talked since he went on with the Stephen A. Wilbon show after the Baxter Holmes story came out and and paid credit to the reporting, but then said none of it was true.
1: That didn't feel like they were paying a ton of credit to the reporting when I watched that show. Because
0: I always feel like if the reporting was good, then the story should be true.
1: I don't know. I'm what do you, what do you want? What do you want me to ask you here? Because I feel like you want to go a certain like. What's? I thought it was
0: weird that
1: ESPN had that story
0: and then also discredited it on their television network. I thought it was weird. If I'd written this, if I had written the story, and then that had happened, I would have been upset. Yeah, I think not as upset as I, you
1: not getting invited to the uh, the media basketball game yesterday, but. Well, they didn't have enough money under the salary cap, apparently. So, uh, i if I were Baxter Holmes, I would have been upset, straight up. Um, but I do think that some of the magic stuff has been unfair for magic in that, like, again, What did you guys think he was going to do in this position when he owns part of the Dodgers, when he's got all these other things going on? He was not going to be this guy that was grinding. Now, look, if you're not the grinder and then you're showing up and you're getting upset at employees, there's going to be backlash, especially when the team is losing and especially when they're underperforming. But Magic, we all know what he was brought in to do. Close the big deals, be the face, be the rock star. And so is it fair to call him lazy when I don't think anybody expected the job description for him to be what it would be for another team president. So, you know, maybe that's his fault. Maybe that's Jeannie's fault. Maybe that's the whole thing. But I just felt a little uncomfortable watching it. There were some I, There's some tough
0: clips from when he took the job where they were asking if he had the time to commit to it 100%. And he was like, 150%. I'm all in. So he, he brought some of that on himself.
1: Yeah, but what's he going to say? Hey, actually, they're looking like for 12 hours a week out of me and you know i'm just hearing name only <laughs> right like that was that was like in the game tonight mark jackson goes i got a chance to talk to danny green's father and he's so proud of his son and he has come a long way never given up and i was like imagine if he was like i talked to his dad and he is like danny is a bit of a shithead and has not helped out enough at home and actually had to go on SeatGeek to get these tickets he said to send that message to danny because he doesn't return his text. <laughs> <laughs> Owen from Brooklyn wants to know
0: what player players will never have a better season than the one they just had. In other words, who peaked in 2018-19? I thought that was a good question. I can't imagine. I'm going to say Damian Lillard. I don't think Damian Lillard and Harden were the two I, I had I had in my head. Yeah. I don't I can't see them getting better.
1: Yeah, Steph could play a more complete season. We've also seen him have a better season than this, so that doesn't count. Uh Giannis. Durant had an insane season that nobody, you know, just got lost in the newness and the absurdity of other people's seasons. I actually Giannis think Giannis can have a better season.
0: I think Durant could have a better season if he went to yeah. the Knicks and was trying just 33 and nine every game or something, playing like stretch five center. That'd be good.
1: I actually did have a good Lakers tidbit though. Yeah. That we didn't we didn't get to. We, we were too busy rehashing all the old magic stuff. But I would not put... I would not... Uh, it felt like a shot. I mean, we just hadn't talked about it. No. I would not put a nail in the Anthony Davis to Lakers coffin. Me neither. There's some stuff... Like, if the Celtics are out on this thing, which Celtics, I think they it looks, like, be, it looks like they're out. I think they should be out. So they're out, let's say. Would the Knicks do three knocks, all these different pieces for Davis... Maybe, but that's contingent on what they think is happening with Durant, what they think is happening with Kyrie. So let's say maybe the Knicks aren't as involved. I think the The Knicks and the Nets are still have to be mentioned. I'm I'm not saying they're out, but I'm just trying to look at the landscape of this whole thing where what if the Lakers are giving you four, saying take two of these players. I heard a rumor about Lonzo potentially being moved for another pick. So say now you're going to New Orleans going, you can have a four. Did you hear the Lonzo for the six pick, something with that, with Phoenix? I've heard that. I've heard the seventh pick with the Bulls. So say they were able to grab four and six, four and seven. Would you do that? If
0: you were Phoenix, would you trade the six for Lonzo? Because I think I would. I think he's better than anybody I could get with the six pick. This draft really scares me after four. I also really like Lonzo.
1: Yeah, I think Lonzo now, right now is like, whatever his stock price is, you're going, this is ridiculous. Like, it needs to be higher. Even if you don't like him, his stock price is too With
0: low. that said, I was driving to work yesterday, and I put on Coward, and he was interviewing LeVar Ball. He can't wait to get back in the game. And LeVar was basically like, nobody told me to be quiet. Because Coward's like, did, yeah, they did, did Magic tell you not to tweet? And he's like, nobody told. Nobody would ever tell me to do that. So you just thing. stopped? And he's like, my goal has been what it always was, to have three sons play in the NBA.
1: When he starts talking about the Lakers should have found a way to get his kid a spot in the, the summer league roster, like there's other stuff LeVar's done where he loses me. But when well, he's like, "Come on, dude!" Well, he like, had Coward had a great moment.
0: Coward's like
1: buddies with him. It seems like Coward that. plays a really good way he of like a, keeping or, him in the mix. Yeah, come he, he made it on, seem like, like LeVar the doesn't same hate him. But so he was like,
0: him. he was like, I mean, LeVar, people don't realize Coward's a one. He was like Coward's a one. He was like, you were telling us this stuff last year, and you were right. He's like, you told us about Luke Walton. You told him, he did that thing. You told us about Luke Walton. That's not fair. What was the other thing you said? You told us about.
1: uh... He said you should have never traded from a scholar. No, he
0: had two things. (laughs) Oh, no. He said, you told us about Luke Walton. You told us that there was trouble with, in the front office with Rob Polenka. And you were right. And LeVar, Levar, I swear to God, LeVar, he had one of those. I mean, that's why I said it. Like he he was like taking credit for (laughs) it. It was great. It was good. And Cowherd knew what he was doing. He just completely manipulated it. Cal- it was there's, hilarious. There's
1: no one in the business. And I, I, it's unbelievable that I don't think enough people pick up on this, where Cowherd can ask a question and get the person to answer it in a way that backs whatever Cowherd's angle is on a story. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So he
0: seemed, it seems like he was ready to start spreading his wings again. And that might be another reason to trade him, to trade Lonza. Because LeVar was basically like, I was really really busy this year We had our Facebook show, but you're going to be hearing more of me now (laughs) about the Lakers. I'm like,
1: oh, no, we got to make a move. I'm telling you, I talked to somebody who's, I don't know, who cares, with the Lakers. And I went, hey, is it a little overblown? Like, is it not that bad? And they're like, no, it's it's that bad. Like, it sucks. It's a bummer. It's a bummer to have to deal with this all the time. And he didn't talk as much. And I know his excuse is I was overseas. I was with those kids. He didn't He didn't talk as much, and I don't think there'd ever be a coach where LeVar would say, like, you can sit there and say he was right about Luke Walton. There could have been 20 other guys being the head coach of that team that he was going to sit and say was stupid and didn't know how to use his son the right way. That would be my guess.
0: I heard Adam is, like, ad, on a scale 1 to 10, is like a 9.8 about this Lakers thing. What a disaster this is. Like, he's just really upset, and it's a huge focus for him right now. Levine?
1: Uh, Adam Levine.
0: <laughs> no, I know Silver. He's a, oh,
1: that makes way more sense. Yeah. Because that yeah. Levine guy just quit that America's Got Talent Well, no, you show.
0: know, they changed the rules on him. He he had to do what he had to do. Imagine walking away from like- for your like,
1: principles. Do you think you'll ever walk away from 30 million over two? <laughs> no, it was th- it was 26 a year. God, those network shows are unbelievable. Yeah, it's really great. The thing I learned though, I'm not network TV. <laughs>
0: You're <a> two. <laughs> Wait, so Lonzo for the six to Phoenix, and then they take
1: four and six- and, and go Ingram to, right, and then and go go to like,
0: New Orleans. They trump everybody.
1: That's what I'm saying. So, you know, whatever the Benson rumor is, whatever the animosity uh, about the Lakers and all this dealings. And, and, you know, I'd heard stuff where it's like Griff's, you know, Griff hasn't said it to me. Uh, I don't talk to him that way. He, and by the way, even if I were really tight with Griff, Griff it's not like he'd be like, hey, Rosilla, I just want to tell you exactly what I will and won't do. I mean, these GMs don't Griff. do that. They don't do that stuff. Uh, as much as you can try to talk to guys and get to learn about what's going on. But I wanted to make that point tonight because I heard it's kind of one of those combine leftovers is it, yeah. it builds up a little bit more like you don't when you walk around the combine it's not like guys are like pull you aside deep throat and go here's what the Knicks are going to do and here's what they're, it doesn't really happen that way but after that you start making the rounds. Well,
0: it's when you're when you're in a vicinity of just a lot of people who know pieces of things or full things the finals is the greatest example of this like you Talk, you walk around the court in the finals the two hours for the finals, and you're just gonna hear stuff. And like last year at the finals, it was like, Yeah, LeBron's going to the Lakers. But what are we talking about? But the finals before, that's when it started. That was the first time. That was when KOC and I did the pot about it because it was like kind of floating around that he was like, he's out after this year, no matter what happens. Um I think the Knicks are still involved and the I'm not I hope did we I come off point. as if I'm dismissing. No, no, no.
1: I'm just saying like this Lakers thing, we need no, to No, I have not, a I have a Knicks point. We this can't is make big. the Lakers thing dead, is my only point. There you go. So let's say the Knicks get KD
0: Kemba. And then trade everything else for Davis. That's their intent. Now if I'm clutch, I have I have ties to LeBron James. I still want what's best for him, and I want the Lakers to get LeBron James, which is why I did all that stuff in February. Do I want to send Davis to the Knicks, or would I kind of pee on it a little bit? I think a good example of this is Paul George's agent really did not like the Lakers. And we have heard this too many times. I feel comfortable reporting it. uh, Or not reporting it. I'm just passing along what both of us have heard from nine different people. He really really affected Paul George's decision just not to pursue the Lakers at all. Now, whether he was going to go with OKC anyway, but it got to the point where he didn't even entertain a meeting with the Lakers. And I think the agent was a big part of it. Could Clutch have that kind of influence over Davis and the Knicks if the Knicks had the most to offer New Orleans? It's an interesting
1: question. With some of the other shit we've seen Clutch do, it's... um... It's they would definitely never say they wouldn't say it off the record, you know, off the record they'd be like, hey, we want what's best for Anthony Davis. And you go, yeah, but you know what's going to suck is if nobody goes and plays with LeBron James. So, I mean, they can't they can say whatever they want company line wise, but they, they can't be kidding themselves with that one. The Mince thing was very real. We've talked about it a bunch of times going back to like when Palenka and those guys were in college. Yeah. And I've, I've heard it too many times now. And I've met Mints I don't know him, I don't talk to him. I like him. It also um, explains
0: the Julius Randle part of the whole thing too.
1: and the D'Angelo Russell thing. Yeah, and then when Palenka's like the Heath Ledger Dark Knight thing, where you go, maybe that would be weird to work with a guy like that. Um, <laughs> like, what if I started on the podcast? Be like, that reminds me of a time in Malaysia, and then you're like, Rasilla never went to. Malaysia. We were filming yeah. Hangover yeah. Three. Right. Like the thing about Malaysia guys <laughs> is you don't tip. I was there when but the you plane crashed. A prayer. And I've brought that with me <laughs> Yeah, everywhere I go. Uh, would would that be enough for the Knicks to be scared off? I, no. as, much, as much power as these agents can have and manipulate things and move pieces around, if the deal... Like, look, Le- Kyrie didn't want to go to Boston, and I don't want to talk about Kyrie here again, but he had four teams. Boston wasn't one of them. He didn't want to go to Denver. Right. Denver well, was the one that was in early, and I think he squashed
0: that one. And I think he okayed the Boston thing. Yeah, I think the thing with uh, the thing with LeBron, I keep coming back to. So his son is going to Sierra Canyon next year. His son, who now has two million Instagram followers, and he's playing with Dwayne Wade's Good son at this, at this basketball powerhouse in Sierra Canyon. I do feel like LeBron's at this stage of his life, which mirrors a little bit the stage I'm in, where it's like the number one thing I want to do is just watch my kid play sports. I just got enjoy that the most. I wonder. What kind of focus, the focus that he needed to be the second best player of all time and all the shit he did this decade, as your kids get older and you want to be a part of their life and his son's going to be this really good basketball player, it seems like, if there's no roadmap for the Lakers to be really good, is LeBron okay with it? Be like, you know what? So we'll go, we'll go 48 and 34, 50 and 32. I'll break every record in the book. I've won a couple titles. I was in eight straight finals. I'll do my best, but I don't feel like this is like life or death. We have to get somebody. I'll have a great life. This would be great. I'll take it seriously, and I'll get to go to all my kids' games. Do you think
1: there's like two? Is that Could that be 2% true? Two seems like you just want me to say yes. No,
0: 2% like, I, true.
1: I have to like 2% probably, but I feel like the basketball world is like collectively hung him up here for LeBron a little bit earlier than he wants. Like I don't think he moved out here to get his ass kicked every year. I just don't... like. But I don't think he would have gotten going, into his ass
0: kicked this year. I think if he hadn't gotten hurt, that was probably like a four seed or a five seed, right? They would have made the playoffs. I don't think they're a four seed. I'm saying like he he won the title in Cleveland. He's won three rings. He's the second best player ever. I think he has four or five MVPs. He's going to break every record we have. Like at what point are you just like, this is a great life. I'm going to make $35 million a year. Our team will be good. We'll be a playoff contender but it's not going to like ruin my life if we don't get Anthony Davis.
1: I just would have you know to know think I mean? after going to eight straight finals and maybe this is me as the non-parent here. But if I'm LeBron James, like I think it's a little different than you going to watch your kids versus LeBron just, being like I'm still trying to win here with the Lakers.
0: But I'm saying no I'm not saying kids. I'm not saying he's not going to try less, give a shit less, whatever. I'm asking about like the urgency to contend for titles, like at some point do you just be like, eh, this has been a great life. Like Malone and Stockton were like this, right? Where both of them, neither of them won a title and that thing petered out. Malone actually jumped at the chance to go to the Lakers and try to win a title. And John Stockton was like, I'm good. I have a great life. I'm not going to chase a title. I'm fine with where I am. I want to retire here. I like my life. If LeBron did that, I wouldn't hold that
1: against him. I'm not saying you're wrong. It just feels early. It's his 18th NBA season. It just feels early. It's his 18th year. I looked up the Kobe thing, and I'll never forget that feeling, and and I got a lot of pushback on this, and I still think I'm right, but in that third to last season when he got hurt, he played six games. He came back, and he played his ass off. They won 21 games and then 17 games in his last two seasons. Did it matter? And. I thought you could notice, you could noticeably see a thing with him where it was almost like this waiting to exhale great movie where he could just go, I don't have any pressure on me anymore. Like we're not good. We get our asses kicked all the time. And for all the Mamba mentality and all this stuff, like I can actually, I can, I don't have that pressure on me anymore because I know we don't have any chance. And I think there was almost this acceptance with him where it became a little easier for him to process. That sounds like what you're saying about LeBron. So we have the example of Kobe. I'm telling you, you might be right, but I'm hearing it so much that's kind of counter to everything that Clutch wants to do here. Like They're putting on a massive facade collectively, that whole group, if they actually really, or maybe you don't realize, maybe you don't realize that you're at peace or you're content until it's actually over. But I'm just not ready but, to, to write him off and, and say like he's cool just going. I'm to LA not ready to write him off either. I'm winning saying, 41 games.
0: I'm saying if they can't get anybody this summer, if the guy had never won a title, this is a disaster now, right? It's like oh my god, this is my last chance. Clock's ticking.
1: I got to get a ring. It's
0: well, like, chances guys, are he's
1: not getting a ring.
0: He's not getting a ring. If, if but, you had to
1: bet money on it, he's. But like, I wonder
0: if he's if he's. There's a chance this plays out where he just hits that kind of Kobe stage with a better team, where it's like all right. It's just me and the young guys. I'm a Laker. I'm a family man. I'm a dad. And this will be the rest of my career. I, I got Can Space you... Jam coming out. I'm just know. at a different, I... I'm just at a different phase of my life.
1: I kind of wish he wasn't making Space Jam because all anybody does is bring up Space Jam as for some reason he's supposed to be happy losing basketball games. Wow. Nephew Kyle agreed with that one. What do you mean? It's just we keep we keep doing this thing where it's like oh well yeah Space Jam he's good he's got he's got Spring Hill Entertainment okay cool so he's making a bunch of TV shows like so that means like I get as you get older in life you start going hey this stuff to, like you you might be right but would I, you think less of him if this was just the rest of his career I think it'd be weird I think it'd be weird for a guy to go to straight eight straight finals have this kind of collectively disastrous season not so much for him because I still think it's incredibly impressive what he did numbers wise but to be hurt when they were going to be a playoff team and for him to go into next year being like you know what I'm good. I'm good. Okay, so I don't think he's accepted this yet. I don't think he's accepted. So I'll, I'll flip the way this around. Let's say is. they can't
0: get anybody again.
1: Yeah. Under your logic,
0: if you're right, would not he ask for a trade? My clock's ticking. It didn't work out here. We have there's no path for us to contend for a title. Can you move me?
1: That wouldn't shock me because I think he regrets this.
0: Well, if that's true and you're right then that's where this is headed if they can't get anybody this summer. I'm wondering if he's kind of okay either way. If they get somebody, great. Let's contend for titles. If they don't, I moved to LA. This was a lifestyle move as much as it was a basketball move. Had some bad breaks. We'll win, we'll win 50 games. I'll have a couple more moments in the playoffs. I'm going to break every record and I'm good. Now,
1: as a writer i understand being here you have to be here you've got to go to those lunches yeah you've got to go to the soho house right and you think you're going there and then you're getting pitched for something that they want from you and it's just the way the machine works lebron has You'll more time it. to write at the House. i could tell you more bill off the air but <laughs> lebron could still get these things done if he was playing for a contender at a different place the production company's rolling He can get on a conference call and he can film this stuff in the off season the same way he's going to do it now, even living here. So just because he's doing all these different entertainment things, I don't think a new TV show makes him okay with the first time tasting failure, which he's like this is an incredible amount of failure for him based on the standard that he set. And I don't sense that he's cool with it. And yeah, I I do think there's a if he's not cool with it, then
0: why hasn't he said something?
1: Because he doesn't want to say anything. He doesn't he doesn't like that's the other thing he realizes no matter what I do, whatever I say, I get crushed by some pocket of the country and it bothers him. He cares about it. So his move in the last couple of years is that he's he's reserved. And if he says anything, it's very calculated and trying to figure some angle out. But. For you to go, is there a chapter in this LeBron book with the Lakers where it gets really tumultuous if it doesn't work out and they're getting their asses kicked and he doesn't want to go into the sunset you know, losing with all these Lakers? And he pushes for a trade in February. Would you be shocked if that actually happened with the way LeBron has dictated his career? I'm not going to be. I actually would be more shocked if he demanded
0: a trade than I would be if he was just like, all right, this is the rest of my career. This is just what's going to happen.
1: I do know he wants to play with his son, Yeah, but I don't know you know where that would be. It's I think not it's, impossible.
0: I think it's really hard to put together a contender and you need a lot of luck. They have some good assets. They have the possibility to trade for a piece. If I was a Laker fan, I'd be nervous that I was going to gut the team with every asset I had to just get Davis, and it was just going to be LeBron and Anthony Davis. But then I don't trust the organization running the team to fill in the other spots. As we saw tonight, you need seven guys. I don't know if they can get that. I don't know. I If I were them, I would obviously go all in for Davis if you can get him. If you can't get him, I don't know what free agent is out there that really changes my destiny. I would almost rather do nothing and keep the cap space and try to make a move in February or something. I can't believe we're talking about the Lakers. Can we just do Jim Corner? Yeah. All right. Jim Corner and then we're done. This is for a while. It's really spruce it up this time.
1: All right. Um Some of you guys, man, in the shoes. Like remember Eastland loafers? Yeah. Back in the day? Yeah. Why can't you just find thinner sneakers? Like guys are wearing loafers because like that natural barefoot grip thing, but you can't just have a bunch of dudes run around the gym barefoot. Kyle knows what I'm talking about. Some of these guys squatting, they're doing in socks, they're doing these look. Like mean. guys guys are wearing loafers and I look at them going did you just shave your mustache? Like what? <laughs> what look are you going for here? Where it's like I'm trying so hard to kind of stand out at the gym with a different deal. So I've noticed loafers a little bit more. So there's I've been a out- run on on loafers as people are working out. Loafers, guys are lifting in loafers, <laughs> and that's
0: the fucking weirdest thing I've ever heard. What's it's happening?
1: happening? And I, you know, I saw a couple guys in the East Coast doing it. I'm seeing it a ton out here, and uh, I'm not happy about it because I think it's just trying really hard. Just get thinner shoes, sneakers. Nike, ever heard of it?
0: David Aruto wants to know, regarding people who are lifting with improper or bad form, have you ever had the nerve, the the instinct to
1: just intervene and give them a tip without trying to sound like a douche? Only with um, a couple young kids. I, I did it. Because I was watching them do military press, and they were doing it like free military press, right? So the forty-five pound bar, and they put it in the squat rack, and they would just get underneath it with a ninety-degree angle seat, and they would push it up. And like I know guys can do it, but if you're doing it too heavy and you're young, and you're you're cranking your spine, you're just gonna fuck yourself up, and you're gonna hurt yourself to the point where it's like gonna be a recurring injury the rest of your life. Like I have a thing in my right shoulder blade between the spine and the right shoulder blade. It goes out like once every six months. There's nothing I can do about it. It's all jacked up. And it's because of improper military technique. So I have had a couple times where I'm like, look, dude, I know I must look a hundred to you. And there's nothing worse than gym guy trying to help you out. <laughs> like I had a guy about a year ago, had 405 on the squat rack, no big deal. And uh, he came <laughs> running across He's like, hey, dude, hey, there's a lot of weight. I'm like, yeah, are you, are you paying attention? Yeah, like, we're good over here. The gun show is going yeah, on right we're, now. We're good. Yeah. And the core is strong. And uh, I'm sponsored by the NRA right now. Right. So I what? He's like, oh, just, you know, I'm like, you know, what I definitely didn't want is a stranger to grab my waist and be behind me doggy style while we're about to do squats yeah. together. So yeah. like, I got this. I'm going to get a couple clean ones. I'm going to put it away. And we'll be good. So I hate it. I mean, if anybody does it to okay. me. So don't. So right. the advice is don't do it. Don't do it. But, but these kids, I go, look, just trust me on this one. If you're going to do military, do it on the Smith machine. Just turn the bench back a little bit. So it's not 90 degrees. Just a little bit. Like it's, it's the deepest incline you could ever do. And get underneath it. Don't try to lift too much. I know it's cool. I did it too. And you screw yourself up. And both high school kids mm-hmm. said, you know what, man? Thanks. And I go, all right. Gen Z.
0: Vano from Toronto wants to know, can you talk about your reaction with CrossFit athletes going to your regular gym and any of your experiences there?
1: Making fun of CrossFit's a little played out now, I think. Um, Because some of these guys on Instagram that are really good at it, it's actually really incredibly impressive. And I look at some of their stuff and I'm like, man, I wish I were healthy enough to pull all this stuff off. But I've always felt like CrossFit is one of those deals where a lot of you are people that sucked at sports your whole life and you got to do this thing where you just, you know, you get a coffee in the morning and you bought all this shit from rogue, which is cool stuff. And, you know, you're like, oh my God, like I got another personal vest on my clean and jerk. And, you know, and it's like, but you like the bumper plates because the tens look like 45s. So it's like, holy shit, is that person like just throwing around three fifteen? be like, no, it's it's 95 um, and then you throw it down and you videotape it and you know you post it and you're like oh my god you know i'm working a little bit harder i like the fact that you said "bagging on crossfit it's kind of a cliche with that said <laughs> and then you just it. No, because some that. of the people that are really good at it and kick ass and yeah. like you know they're thick as hell and they've got abs to go with it like I, i'm not going to sit there and hate on that i just think that there's an element of like everybody wants to feel included, right? Everybody wants to feel like they're part of something. And I think CrossFit provided a thing for people that weren't necessarily all that athletic, but Hey, you know what? Like I'm the guy sitting around in my basement by myself for a month and a half straight. Cause I've got these scripts to bang out. So if you go to a tough mudder and have a couple IPAs with strangers and then meet new people, like you're probably winning at life more than I am. So who the fuck am I to make fun of that?
0: It's a great points. What, uh Fish from San Jose wants to know what's it with the guys in the gym wearing low top Converse or Van sneakers? Is this worse than loafers or no, slightly I better?
1: I don't think it's worse. Uh I you know the Converse thing, I don't know that you can ever really knock it, you know? Like even in the gym? Okay. Yeah. America's I don't, shoe, right? The Vans thing you're just gonna run into out here. Yeah. Um, last
0: one from Matt in Detroit. What about the old timers at the gym? who take a couple minutes to compliment some weight you're putting up.
1: Yeah. I love but
0: that. then bring it back to back in their day when they were putting up five times the amount. It's like the backhand of compliment. I
1: can't wait to do that as I get older. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, how you're aware of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Cause like, I remember one time, like I stopped doing incline, heavy, heavy incline because I just feel like my right arm is something's wrong with it with this one angle. And uh, like, I was kind of like, Doing like cheat reps, you know, getting started. And then this obviously enormous fat guy with a huge weight belt on, and he didn't even do it right. He's like, Oh, I know you're just not getting full uh not getting full range of motion on those. I'm like, all right, Lee Haney, like relax. Uh, but the one thing I've noticed about like kind of old steroid guy that like still has it going on a little bit, just massive forearms, maybe turned a wrench back in his day. Yeah. Like a lot of those guys won't give up on anything, right? Cuz they're still working out, they're still putting up big weight, and they'll pay attention to like a younger guy putting up some big weight. But I've been kind of weak, I don't know, the last last few months. Uh, everything's messed up. But a lot sounds of those guys have like, like hair a mess. A lot of those guys have hair plugs. And that's what made me just go, I'm out. I'm not going to try. Like cuz I I, I got to like anybody who's losing their hair at a younger age, and then you're like, I used to be hot. I'm supposed to like to be on TV. I still have to be super hot. I don't know if I'm going to be super hot anymore. And I was and, like, maybe and you're a 2 not a 1. Right, right. And I'm a 2. So I was like, yeah, let's see what this Dr. Leonard's all about, you know. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right name. So you order the pamphlet and you're like 10,000 bucks, like Jesus. I'm It's like a third of my salary just to get it reseated up there. And <laughs> the guy at the gym who's done it, yeah, who maybe didn't do the best one. Yeah. Like it is discount. It is like laser <laughs> imaging straight line of seeds across yeah. the front. So like their bangs. It's like this perfect thing and it's too low. I've just seen too many of those guys with the worst transplant thing where I was like, I'm just gonna shave my head. But that's why I have to stay jacked because if I'm one seventy with no hair, I can't be hanging out of Manhattan Beach. I'm gonna have to move to like Torrance. <laughs> that was Kyle, was
0: that the most special episode of Jim Corner we've ever had definitely the longest one. All right. There's a lot of good content here. All right. <laughs> Kyle's, Kyle's answer was no. It wasn't the best episode. It was definitely the longest. Thank you, Kyle. Old All right, cold. we're wrapping up. Hold on, Wilds. Don't go yet. Um, Let Wilds go. No, Wilds, wait. We're almost done. Um, do you have a half-baked idea for us? Yeah, I've got a bunch. You want to do it tomorrow? Sure. All right. Um, so prediction right now for the finals, quickly.
1: Golden State seven. Really? Yeah, I'm not going to get caught up. I mean, you know, we spent an hour talking about it. Clay didn't play. They're getting Durant back. Nuff said. Okay.
0: I mean, it would have to be Golden State in seven at this point. I don't know how I feel yet. I want to watch game four. I know it's a cop-out. I, I do think, I think it's more likely Toronto in five than Golden State in seven. I will say that. I think Toronto is in really good shape with the miles that Curry was put on him today. And the fact that the supporting cast did not look good. And I thought
1: it was a decisive win. And it I actually thought decisive. it could have been worse. No, it was decisive. I actually it thought been worse. that could have been like a 30-point like, win by I, Toronto if place happened. I feel, I feel like this is, this is like judging a movie where there's scenes missing. Yeah.
0: You know? I'm just, the unknown of those words, guys, I'm just not sure. That's fair. Anyway, uh, dual threat. SVP and Rosillo you can sign up for that right now when's that you
1: did the first one yeah I flew to Connecticut for 19 hours bang that one out and uh, we'll be doing it once a month but yeah thanks for letting me promote that and I'm still doing the Rosillo podcast and I'm headed to game four and it's, dual threat you're like an official podcast tour. yeah I, I, <laughs> I thought I was going to work less and I work even though the podcast thing's easier you have to like prep for it more yeah, it turns out, turns out it's work because people listen and they throw it back in your face if you fuck stuff up and yeah. all
0: that stuff. Yeah, and you're going to game four. So if you see Rusillo, make sure to go up to him and, uh, and mention Jim Corner and maybe <laughs> yeah, definitely, a quick yeah. tip about the reps. All right, uh, we'll talk next week. Probably after game five, we're thinking. Whatever you need. Game five post game. All right. All right, thanks to Rossillo, Thanks to Wilds for his cameo. We're going to bank some half-baked ideas this week. We haven't done that podcast in forever. My favorite half-baked idea of all time was Felony Land that I came up with. The Wild's came up with some, many, I only came up with a couple good ones, but Land, I really peaked. And uh, also, I, we created The Purge. We created The Purge series on, uh, on half baked Ideas. That was mine, but it was well, it was mine. I just remember they, they modeled The Purge after. My idea was leap year, every four years would be a, a day without crime, or without, <laughs> wow. like, basically there were no rules. So every four years, there's one day, anything could happen. Became the purge. I'm just saying. Checks? Do you get checks? Like royalty I probably should. I should have. Thanks to the DAZN.com. We taped with uh, Andy Ruiz, Ruiz Jr. And we're going to be running that next week. He was awesome. Kyle, one Love of it. Kyle's favorite guests. So we have that. Fruit of the Loom. Life is better with vents, especially in your underwear. Fruit of the Loom. Cool zone fly boxer briefs designed with a ventilated mesh fly that allows airflow when you need it most. And where you need it most. Check out fruit.com to find your next pair. Use the code bill to get an additional 10% off their current promotion of 20% off the cool zone fly box of briefs. That's fruit.com, a promo code bill. Quick programming note. We're not doing a Sunday night podcast this week, but we are putting up a new rewatchables, dead poet society, 30 year anniversary. Uh, just an incredible movie, even all these years later. And me, Mally Rubin, Chris Ryan broke it down. That is going up midnight, Sunday night, heading into Monday. So that will take place to this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to Ringer Dish and For realsies, hosted by my favorite person. Drop it today. Yeah, uh, drop it Thursday so you can listen to that after you're done with this and enjoy the extended weekend.